Yo, Joe. Hi, I'm Larry Hama, and you're listening to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Yo, Joe. organization determined to rule the world. This is episode 50 of G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast. It's been 50, well, technically more than 50 episodes, but 50 episodes since I started this little endeavor. Joining me today, we have one of our regular co-hosts, Kevin Reitzel, a.k.a. Raider Nerd. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Number 50. God, time flies, man. It's just like a couple of weeks ago, I jumped on, what was it, issue five or six or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Episode. Oh, I got a, I got a, a GI Joe costume. Woohoo! Love me. <laughs> oh, I love your GI Joe costumes. <laughs> I love seeing those. And uh, my other regular guest can't be here today. As I was saying earlier, Brad's got family things going on, and me and Jared's got a, a legal dispute going on right now about inappropriate <laughs> fondling and. I don't want to be fun or don't come to that guest studio. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but joining, I do have a couple of special guests joining me from over on the Signal podcast. We have David Finn. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm just, uh, I've woken up about five minutes ago. I've had a coffee and I'm ready to talk G.I. Joe. And a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Where are you located, Dave? Uh, Sydney, Australia. Nice. Um, my, wife's from, my wife's from Melbourne. I'll be visiting there in June. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, Melbourne's lovely. Yeah, it's been boiling hot here, and I was up until about 1 a.m. last night on signal duties. Uh, so I've had a little rest, and here I am, ready to go. Here you talk some G.I. Joe. Yep, also, Yo, Joe. <laughs> also joining us from our, our Facebook group, and he's he's joined in on and uh, on several of our pot broadcasts here, we have Jim Mill. How are we doing, guys? So glad, glad to have you guys on the show. Thanks. Maybe I'll get rid of the other two yahoos and replace them with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we are here to talk about G.I. Joe issue 50. I've got it digitally, plus I've also got the, the floppy here in my hand. Right on. So yep. let's go ahead and get started with it. Oh, well, before I get going, actually, uh, uh, just quickly, Dave, uh, why don't you tell people about your G.I. Joe love, how you got, came into G.I. Joe? It's um, not as spectacular as just about anybody in the world because <laughs> I, um, I mean, God, my God, it's so long ago that it, I feel like I'm about 75 years old, but I'm actually not quite that old. But I do, I, in the 80s, Saturday morning cartoons were a thing, kids, and I was a huge Transformers fan as a kid. Now, I did know there was a G.I. Joe cartoon, and I did have a friend who was um, into it heavily, into army stuff. I was more tangentially aware of it, um, and it wasn't until I'm a big comic book reader, and it wasn't until much later that I picked up. Um, it was when uh, Chuck Dixon was writing Joe Joe. That was only that was when I started reading it. Obviously, I knew of it, and I also knew that it would be my kind of thing. And I started reading that, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." And then I kind of backtracked and started reading the classic stuff uh, and everything. But um, it was not as big in Australia as it was in the States in terms of the toys. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was, right. it was just not quite as dominant. Like, Transformers is very dominant. But, yeah, no, it's it's a great... And, and, and reading the comics with Larry Hama, I mean, they're awesome. Like, I think, anyway. I, I absolutely love them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're wonderful. We, we, we love them here, so... Mm. And, Jim, why don't you go and tell everyone out there how you, how you came to G.I. Joe? Well, well, I started out, um, the toys and the comics were probably simultaneous. I'm sorry, it's toys and the cartoon. I didn't start in the comics until issue 88, uh, which was the Python Patrol one. And as far as comic collecting go, once I got into the G.I. Joe, it was all over from there. You know, getting into the comic store, then you see all the other ones. And, but, and then, of course, the toys, 84, 85 to 90 was my high point. So that's kind of my heyday, and if I saw Joe, I needed it, had to have it, and that's where the the collecting bug came into to being. And so, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And then, of course, on and off throughout the years, 
uh, you know, you get to be an adult, you get rid of it. And then later on, you realize that you want that stuff again. And, yeah. and uh, as you can see behind me, it's, it's all back. <laughs> yeah, I like your headquarters there. Look at your headquarters. Yeah. I love yeah. So now I've got so much I buy and sell here and there at cho- at shows. So very nice. But it funds the funds the hobby. <laughs> I love it. Very nice. Can, can I ask a question? Does anyone here have the the Cobra headquarters thing? Because that's the thing I really like. What's it called? The the terradrome, terradrome right to my left. Terradrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the terradrome is just awesome. Like, you know, yeah. sp- if you're ever in uh, Vancouver, Canada, hit me up because there's a fantastic toy store there that deals with new and used toys. And the owner of the store is an obvious G.I. Joe fan because the huge back area of the store is this big diorama of all oh. three and three quarter inch G.I. Joes, including like. I want to say six or seven terradromes stacked on oh, top of each other to create this <laughs> ultimate terradrome. And then he's got like about four flags up there in different wow. array of like battle condition. Cause he, he sets up this big battle and everything, but I'm looking at going, are those wow. like six terradromes stacked on each other? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got into G.I. Joe because I was looking for Care Bear um, comics and all they had was G.I. Joe. And I decided to buy that instead. So, yeah. Care Bear, G.I. Joe's. Pretty much the same thing. I actually think if I'd got into it when I was a kid at the same time as Transformers, I would have been defenseless. I probably would have joined the military because, uh, you know, like it was, I was close to joining the military anyway, but. Uh, it would have pushed me over the edge for yeah. sure. I think. Heard <laughs> stories from several people yesterday. They joined the military because of GI Joe. So, I have a friend of mine who, uh, a Canadian friend of mine, who actually uh, became a um, a tank driver because of Steeler, who we'll be talking <laughs> about later. And uh, he's used the the Pulaski name as a as a you know fake name on Facebook and stuff. But he 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 joined the military because of GI Joe. Very I nice. believe it. I believe it completely. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Very nice. And so for those out in the chat, like I say, feel free to say hi. Uh, Kevin said hi to everybody out there. So if, you, if you're out in the chat, say hi. We uh, use comments on the air. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Again, I don't usually say that enough. So, yeah, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button if you're enjoying what we're doing here. Even if you don't. Uh, let's go ahead. And <laughs> so we have Photo Viper in the chat. He says, Toy Traders in Canada. He's always wanted to see their displays in real life. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's the one he's talking about. Yeah, I think that might be it. Very nice. So let's go ahead and get started with today's issue. Uh, Today's going to be a little bit longer than normal, and it may be our regular for the next uh, every other month for the next couple of years as we're getting introduced to special missions. But before that, this is issue 50. The cover date on this was August of 1986. The on-sale date was May of 1986. Cover price was $1.25. And it was a 48-page count book. The cover on this was done by Mike Zach and John Beatty. Cool. Beatty, Beatty, Zach, Beatty, Beatty, Zach, Zach, Beatty, Beatty, Zach, Zach, Beatty, 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 Zach, 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 Mike, Mike, Zach, Zach. Because who needs Jared? And the editor on this was Bob Harris. So for the first story, the first regular 22-page story was called The Battle of Springfield. As always, or mostly, normally, written by Larry Hama. Mm. 
Penciled by Rob Wiggum. Inker was Andy Mushinsky. Letterer, Joseph Rosen. Colorist, George Russo. And this was reprinted in the G.I. Joe Volume 5 trade paperback. And I'm assuming it was probably in the G.I. Joe Complete Collection number 5. Uh, but Jared's not here to confirm that for me, so we'll say it is. <laughs> the synopsis on this one. Uh, we joined the battle for Springfield already in session. Actually, let's back up a second. I'm forgetting that's it. Me. That's all we need to know. <laughs> that's how it starts. <laughs> yep. Let's talk to the cover before we get that going to that. So the cover of this one, I'm holding it up on the screen. It's basically showing the tank with uh, Flint and I believe that's Stiller. Or is, is, that, that, is it the Mauler tank? Is that what that one is? Uh, actually, no, it'd be the Mauler. So that's uh, yeah. by the barrel. It looks like it's the Mauler. But uh, rolling into Springfield, we see the town. The sign that says "Welcome to Springfield," a nice little town. Uh, the sign has seen better days. Uh, Post is broken. The boards are broken. Looks like a few bullet holes in it. And the town beyond that is in destruction and disarray. And you can tell it's been a battle. So, Kevin. Mm. What are your thoughts on the cover of G.I. Joe issue 50? If you guys have been listening or watching this podcast, uh, we, we talk about the covers a lot and it's a big deal. And uh, uh, I, I threatened uh, Aaron that if I was not uh, on issue 43, um, he would have to pay some heavy consequences. And that's because of the cover. And they had also had a really good story, too, because that's the one with the Grim Reaper and the M60. But there, this series has some iconic covers uh, that, you know, maybe when you're in a comic book store and you're thumbing through used issues, whether they're beat up or not, they're just certain ones you might pick up again just because they're, they're these great little pieces of art. And I remember heavily being into G.I. Joe, picking it. By this time, um, I was off from picking them up at my my 7-Eleven spindle rack. I was actually, I found a comic book store and I was buying the first edition or the uh, the I guess the direct release ones here. And uh, I was waiting and, and waiting and waiting for issue 50. Now, when I look back at all of the past issues, I could probably pick maybe about most of the covers, you know, and, you know, Aaron, you could probably attest to this, that we, we give them most of them pretty high marks, especially when it comes to Beatty and Zach. But there's been a couple that, we, you know, a few of us have kind of gone back and forth on, like maybe not the greatest. Maybe we'll give it kind of average. And and most of them out of the Yojo Colas, you know, they're, they're pushing like, you know, fours and fives and stuff like that. And on my hand, I could probably count maybe five or less that uh, to me are below average. Uh, and G.I. Joe co covers in general do a pretty good job. Number 50 for me, I'll be perfectly honest with you, below average. I don't think it's a really good cover of what you're going to get inside of it. It tells you uh, what's going to happen. But when I look at this cover, I find it actually kind of disappointing. And, and when it, I look through like old uh, comics and, and comic boxes and I see this, it just doesn't pop. You know, when I look at it, I'm like, I'm thinking this opening page, a spread page, that would have been a better cover. Or my best thing would have been having uh Serpentor get hit and damaged, you know, and hit like how cool would that have been seeing him in battle on action on here instead, you know, cause we didn't get that in the last one. He's, you know, we're, we, we got, you know, you know, grave robbing instead, <laughs> but I, I gotta be honest with you. I am not a fan of this cover. It's cool, but it's not GI Joe cover. Cool. In my opinion, especially when I look back at all the past issues, right? Nothing wrong with that. 
Um, let's go ahead and move on to unpopular opinion. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Dave, what are your thoughts on the cover of GI Joe issue fifty? Well, I, I hadn't really got into like heavy amount of detail of thought, but um, but basically, Kevin has made me think, made me question. Um, <laughs> uh, I do Sorry, like, I went first. I didn't get a choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. Um, it is. Uh, now that I look at it, it is a little bland, but I will say I do like the Welcome to Springfield, a nice little town kind of destroyed. That's the best part of the cover. The thing with the tank, because I hadn't quite reached this in my reading yet. I was, I'm was i only a couple away, so I, I read 49 and then I read 50. For a 50th issue, considering it was the first 50th issue of the G.I.J. comic, it's probably a little bland, but I do like the Welcome to Springfield destroyed. It probably could have done with a more punchy visual to the left of the sign. But, you know, it's okay. I mean, it gets the job done, but it's not one of those covers that grabs you if you were at the comic shop. Yeah, you'd think a 50th issue would go boom, like all the yeah. way, because that's a momentous yeah. issue for any comics, you know? And yeah. you just think it would just like, it would grab you. This one just doesn't grab me. Agreed. It's very run-of-the-mill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jim, I I can see where the you know uh, Dave and Kevin are coming from. I think the colors are off a little bit on the ba- very background, the, the sky. I think that throws it off a little bit. Overall, I think it's an average cover. What I do like is, and Dave brought it up too, was the Welcome to Springfield sign. That's an homage to issue number ten, the cover mm-hmm. on that, where Snake Eyes and and Scarlet are sneaking through, and that's the first time you see that sign. Yep. Welcome to Springfield. And I, I like that little homage to as a kind of throwing back, you know, 40 issues to yeah. so so but yeah, the colors are a little off. You know, it, it's it's an average color. It's not well, like you guys said, it's not one that just pops off. There's there's several other ish covers that I can think of that are better. And as far as me, I, I've always ranked this a little higher just because it's the 50th issue and it's memorable, but after Kevin had his little discussion there, his little TED talk. Uh, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, and it does. Like like, uh, Jim just said, yeah, I do like that the sign harkens back to the introduction of Springfield back in issue 10, 40 issues ago. Great great issue, too. That was a great cover. Yes. Fantastic cover. Yeah. But yeah, this cover kind of tells what happens at the end of the issue, basically. Springfield's destroyed and uh, the Joes are just left there. So yeah, I've always really liked this cover, but yeah, hearing you guys talk about it, actually, you know, I don't know how much of it is just nostalgic for it or how much, you know, because, again, it does. It would have been a better cover for a 50th if they would have either had more of the Joes involved with it or maybe show the Joes fighting Serpentor, as mm. Kevin was saying. So I've got to reconsider my thoughts on this cover now. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's seriously it's it's bugged me for a long time. Uh, you know, it's. It's like, oh, oh, cool, the, 50, oh, the 50th issue, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, I almost kind of wish that they would have, like, done, like, an alternate cover for it. I, I yeah. you know, it is a cool cover, but at least show them the front of the tank or something. I don't know, but yeah, when, when you hit a milestone comic like that, you got to go all out. Yeah, know? definitely. And the, and the issue itself is quite momentous inside. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, so let's go and get some uh, Yojo Colas on this. 
Again, since it's the 50th hitch, I'll recap just a bit. Yojo Colas. This is between one to five Yojo Colas. One being it's a crap cover. You don't want to see it again. Uh, three is a basic standard cover. And five is something you want blown up and hanging on your wall. Uh, kind of like someone did with issue 43. But that's another story entirely. <laughs> I should have that hanging up right now. But I wanted, to put, the, I wanted to put the Coastal Defender up. So oh, there you go. <laughs> so, Kevin, one to five Yojo Colas. If this wasn't the 50th issue, I would probably give it a three out of five, but it, it gets docked because it's the 50th issue. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, um, I'll give it two and a half. Ooh. I'll give it two and a half. Uh, it, like I said, if this, if it wasn't the 50th, I would give it a three. Right. Uh, but because it's the 50th, you get docked. <laughs> and uh, Jim, out of one to five Yojo Colas. Yeah, I'm going to be right with Kevin. And since I can give two and a half, I'm going to give two and a half because, yeah, uh, I was on. I'm going to give two and a half. Just as you said, if it was the 50th, it is the 50th. If it was just a normal one through you know, 41 through 49, it would right. be different. You're right. And yeah. the colors are just not right. Yeah. It's not something. The colors just aren't. It's just something's off about it i think that i think so. the background behind the gi joe logo should pop more it's dark i know? agree i agree because yeah, they've got the smoke from the the fires yeah, yeah. behind the background which darkens it and they, yeah they got the i think it's supposed to be a setting sun with the smoke in the air yeah. is making it give that orange yeah. tint to the color so the yellow star and the white just blend in way too much together <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can see that. and dave i'm gonna give it a three yeah i mean I'll give it a three. I, I certainly didn't think too much of it until until Kevin gave his monologue, and then I was like, "Oh wow, okay." Now, I'm questioning my life, really. I but, should uh, start a cult, man. I'll pull all you guys in. <laughs> and yeah, normally, well, again, I, I will speak for Jared. Uh, since it's a Mike Zek cover, I'm sure he gives it a four at the minimum. So, because that's what I would, I'd love to get his thoughts on that next time. Because I'm curious if he was a little underwhelmed as well. So, and normally I would give it a four, but again, after Kevin's little uh, monologue and you know his, his thoughts he's raised on, he's brought some very interesting thoughts to the forefront. I'm actually going to move it down to a three because again, that's yeah, a pretty big jump. Yeah, for a, yeah. For a 50th issue, yeah. And I did again. I bought this. I didn't buy this off the stand. I bought this. Later on, I bought it, you know, from one of the, I think one of the, the inside people that advertise for comic, probably East uh, yeah. East Coast Comics, probably, or Mile High, one of them. I bought a bunch of comics from them. So you mentioned something at the beginning, Aaron, and I just found out. I'm 52 years old, and I just found out that the 40P stands for 40 pages. Oh. <laughs> Never figured that and put the, that together before that they actually have a page count on the page. Never knew that. I don't I think know what that meant. For, I, I don't think that's for uh, pages. I think that's probably pens. Pounds. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> what UK uses. And this is forty. Don't mess with my. You head. said forty pages. I'm like, did they just put that? Or is that for 40, <laughs> 40 pounds or forty? Yeah, pence? That's what it is. Forty pence. So that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. It definitely. No, it definitely pence. would be the the pieces. pence for sure. Yeah. People. Uh, a buck twenty five in the states. Yeah, is what it cost. Yep. It costs a buck twenty five. Yeah. 40 pence. Is that, expen- is that expensive? 40 pence expensive? I mean, it's roughly roughly equivalent to what a dollar twenty-five would have been like at the time. But um, that'd be more that would be more in Australia for you guys, right? In Australia, if it was dollar twenty-five in the States, it would have been more expensive in Australia dollars. It might have been 
close to two dollars uh, okay. or a bit less. Yeah, gotcha. Back then, right. I don't know what the exchange rates were in '86 right. off the top of my head, but it would definitely have been more expensive in Australian dollars. Or our Canadian friends had to pay a quarter extra for this, so they had to pay a buck fifty <laughs> in Canada. So yeah, well, but yeah, so that is the cover of GI Joe issue fifty. Again, a little lackluster from what we wanted for a fiftieth issue. You've got some did, good. Did they there. start? Did Zach Beatty start getting their names on the cover? I mean, he noticed it, it's not coming in on the camera, but right. Zach Beatty is actually on the cover. Uh, is that new? Have they been had their name on covers before? I, I want to say it has. I don't have my box right in front of me, so I couldn't tell you for certain. I just it just pops right there. I just noticed that. So maybe yeah. look at the other ones. I'm pulling up one of my digital scans of the last issue to see, and it's not showing up on there. So maybe it is something new. If Jared hadn't disappointed us, I'm sure his book would have said. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking through a couple of the last couple of covers, at least the digital scans I have of them. And yeah, I'm not seeing their names anywhere on the cover. That's pretty cool. Maybe because it's a 50th issue, maybe yeah. that was uh, an exception Great. or something. Very good call there, Kevin. Wow, you're just you're. I'm great. making up for the the dumb forty pages Pence thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a coach at uh, the cover of the next issue. I don't see it there either. All right, I've got so yeah. It looks like maybe this was something they did for the their fiftieth issue. Uh, on fifty two, there's his initial Mike Zek's initials on it. But yeah, now I'm falling down the rabbit hole looking at these covers. Yeah, and I don't. This appears to be the only one I see here that actually has their names like that on there. Very good call. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Good call. And then real quick, you guys, uh, while well, I stepped away for a moment, you guys are having a discussion about the classifieds. Uh, Photo Viper from the chat says he swore he wouldn't allow himself to get sucked into another scale, but he did get classified Zartan in a Pimp Daddy Destro because he couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make a quick comment? Um, yeah. I collected Transformers, which were, I think, a bit bigger than um, the G.I. Joes at the time in the 80s. And that's and look, I, I'm just the dumb Australian here. But like that was, I, I was used to a certain scale of figure, and I think the GI Joes being a tiny bit smaller was probably it counted against me getting into it. So when these classifieds came out, I was like, oh, this is great. This will this will go nicely on my um, you know, in my cabinet and stuff. And I've I've bought probably I've probably got twenty of them. I said I wasn't going to get into the uh, classified figures, but I've got like over half of them. This is wow. a bat that our, our my friend uh, articulated Chad sent to me. Yep, I love those bats. Yeah, I had to get my blood, get my oh, blood on. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> They're pretty good, like really. But yeah, like you guys saying, like Kevin was saying, I pre-ordered the shipwreck because, well, it's shipwreck. It's classic it's shipwreck, baby. Yeah, I had to get shipwreck. I'm waiting for Mutt and Junkyard to come out. It comes with Polly, you know. I got to get my Joe. I got to get my Joes with animals, you know. Yes, yes. Cobra two. Cobra two. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they've announced Mutt and Junkyard too. So nice. And I did get Serpentor here a week or so ago. So okay, waiting on Mindbender. <laughs> got a pre-order. Just waiting for him to. That's another complaint entirely different. So let's go back to the 50th issue of GI Joe. Complain about the toys on a Bravo team. Um, so as I was saying, the synopsis for this issue: We joined the battle for Springfield already in session. The Joes are continuing their assault on Springfield. The new Cobra soldier Serpentor rallies the troops, leads a fake getting all the Cobras to the school football field for an extraction. Meanwhile, the Joes have recovered Ripcord, or Airborne, or whatever his name is, but they lose the battle as they have no proof that Springfield was ever a Cobra base, and they destroyed this American town. 
The Dreadnoughts find that Storm Shadow is still alive, and they escape with him back to Zartan's gas station lair, where they find waiting for them Zartan's sister, Zarada. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Again, a lot of gram in this cram, but let's go ahead and talk about it. So let's go start with our guest. So Dave, we're going to start with you. Uh, do you have sure. thoughts on... Well, yeah, I do. And and coming into it, as I said, I'm up to volume six of the classic thing, but hadn't quite reached this. So what I did was I read 49 just to get my bearings, and then I hit 50. And I was really impressed by the amount of story, momentous moments such as Serpentor arriving on the scene and that crazy story of how they created him through all the different military leaders of the past, like Genghis Khan, etc., the evacuation of Springfield is is it's kind of so organized by Cobra, and it's cool. How about the bit where they kill the dog? That was just like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, I was like, Larry Harmon, just not pulling any punches there. Yeah, look, I, I love this issue. I noticed Storm Shadow seems to have taken on some of the personality or something or the memories of those former soldiers as well, it seemed, former leaders. Yep. Serpentor is braver than I... I don't know a lot about Serpentor, but I, he was braver than I expected, like leading the charge. It's a really good battle issue, and I, I was just really impressed by the whole issue, and then in the end it leads... And then I see Baroness here kind of flirting a bit with Serpentor, and then it all leads up to, as you said, Zartan's sister. I really felt like a really good issue, and I was glad I read 49 to kind of get me into it so I knew what was going on. Yeah, excellent issue. Excellent issue, I think, personally. A L- lot of story crammed into those pages. Oh, yeah. And Jim, do you have any thoughts on this 50th issue, the first story? Yeah. yeah. I've loved, as, as I stated, issue 88 was my first issue that I bought it, actually obtained. I, it was given to me. So I had to go back and buy all the back issues. And this was with this was the one of the, probably the first 10 that I bought. Yeah, that must and have been I, fun for you. <laughs> oh, well, that was, you know, 30 years ago. But anyway, so I bought this and I opened up and you got this the group of Joes running away from something. I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, <laughs> what in the world? But it opened up action throughout the whole story. I love the way the Cobras faked out the Joes at the airport and the high school. And there's a couple things, you know, when the Dreadnoughts were in the museum with Storm Shadow. And the Joes busted in, and they said, oh, my, I thought it was a self-destruct going off already. And like, <laughs> why are you still there? Why, you know? <laughs> and then that was just the lead into the story later that it was just a setup, you know? Yeah. Um, just the way the, the story set up itself throughout the whole thing, it was great. So I, I, I enjoyed the story quite a bit. And it made me go by 49 to figure out, why are they doing this? What, you know, what led up to this? Right. Because this was probably the earliest issue that I had bought to that point. So I, it was easy to obtain issues 60 through 70 because they were a little bit cheaper right. at the time. So this, so I didn't know any of the previous story before this. So, but no, it was, it, it again, it made me go back and buy this. It was just a, you know, it took quite a few years to get them all, but it was oh, yeah. very good. So well, it did yeah, its the job story there. overall was good. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin thoughts. You know, this there's a lot going on here, and it's tough to kind of narrow in on all of them. So I'm just going to pick a few highlights there. First of all, boo on <laughs> trying to kill a dog. Come yeah, on, that, that's I rough. The dog that's come rough. along. Jeez, 
you know, and we got Hawk being the leader here. It's great. Uh, and love seeing uh, the return of um, of Storm Shadow. And of course, as mentioned, that he's uh, looks like he's picking up some of you know the minds and ability of all of these warriors uh, that were you know DNA was extracted from to make Serpentor. I've never been a huge fan of how Serpentor looked. It is iconic, though, especially with his hover sled and all that kind of stuff. I kind of wished he looked more like maybe a, more of a combination of all the leaders that they cherry picked from, you know, right. and had a more practical uniform, I guess. But I liked what they did with his character in this episode. It's little things like picking up the wounded Cobra soldier, you know, and showing the other Cobras that, you know, I care about you. I'm going to lead from the front and, you know, we're going to, we're going to tend to our wounded as opposed to just, you know, leaving everyone behind type of scenario. And I, what I love too, is that he's showing that he's a badass. He gets hit, you know, and the Cobra goes, he's down. They got him. And he's all, bah, scratch. No more hot iron will staunch the flow and cauterize the wound. You know, he's like, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think the best cauterized wound scene of all time in movies is Rambo three when he has to pull out that metal thing through his his side it goes in one out the other and he pours in gunpowder and then he fight and he lights it on fire and you see the fire coming out the back of the wound and the front of the wound anyway just got to give a shout out to that very nice uh, and yes I love it when Cobra succeeds in their plans and we we've been talking about how they trick the GI Joes into creating their Cobra Island and and bringing that to fruition and how they did, as you guys mentioned, you know, faking them out and, and, you know, retreating and everything. And, you know, how they have this whole controlled uh, little city of theirs uh, exposed now. But, you know, what they had to do to try to not give themselves up and to escape and stuff like that. And, and I thought that was I thought that was really cool to kind of see that happening. And, and you know, in a way, it's a strategic exit in, in not a surrender, but a retreat. And it was just nice to see a bunch of the other Joes uh, get in there and, and do things and have things to say and do. And uh, I, I love how there was like strategy put in here in, as well. And I love the scene in the dump truck, you know, where they're like escaping the dump truck. And you got the two, is it the, I forget which which two in the back, is it Beachhead and someone else like they're in the back, yeah. like covering the rear. That's just a great, great shot there. And then, of course, at the end of the uh the the first appearance of Zorana Zartan's sister was like, oh, who's this girl? Hot, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was beachhead and uh, leatherneck. Yes, yeah. I just I love that shot. They're just like in the back of the trash going, got to back covered, you know. <laughs> so the new Joes are the ones that have to sit in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think they drew straws for that job or, or, or you know, <laughs> I use the you know, first in first in the trash. The dump truck is basically an armored transport, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. we've seen yeah. it utilized in movies and in real life, unfortunately. And, you know, it's interesting about the dump truck is that you there's a scene in um, what is it? Uh, Civil War, um, Avengers Civil War, where the bad guys use it as a battering ram. Oh, yeah. And um for Dragon Con in Atlanta, uh, all of the finest GI Joe members like myself and a bunch of others who are in the parade with along of the other with all the other parade per participants from other fandoms, they get dump trucks to block off roads so that if anyone else thinks they're going to try ramming a vehicle into crowds uh, right. purposely, you can't do that. So oh, I like that nice. they use the dump truck. Yes, that That's was cool. nice touch. Very nice. 
And I've got a few thoughts on this. Uh, some of you guys have already brought up. Uh, like Hank Kevin was saying, yeah, I like the way the Spentor is not only willing to lead the charge, but he actually, you know, seems to care when his soldiers are wounded. Uh, very nice. I'm wondering what famous leader he got that from, because I don't know if Genghis Khan was one of those guys. No, probably you not. Know, I, I'm wondering, like, which one of the cloned uh, guys had that type of honor? Was, you know? was Caesar one of the leaders? Was Caesar one of the leaders? Maybe Caesar. I, don't, I don't think remember. he was mentioned, but okay. in here they didn't mention a lot of them. So oh. there were just comments. He only mentioned a few, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, if, if he had gone you know, Patton's DNA he probably would have slapped his men. So I don't know. yeah. Exactly. Alexander the Great, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> Alexander, yeah. Maybe Alexander, man. What a yeah. what a legend he was. Yes. With with that scene where he got shot, you look at the you know, that that one corner panel, you know, the Cobra troopers are going, What is he down? He's shot. Right. What's he gonna do? They're wondering, okay, is he like Cobra Commander? Or what's he gonna do? You know, <laughs> run away. First of all, Cobra Commander wouldn't be out on the battlefield. But anyway, you know, he's like, they're all like, what's he doing? Once he steps up and he takes car charge, that's a big move for him. Well, that's why I think that's what made it so easy for him to become the new yeah. Cobra leader is that he, he was willing to, he cared about his guys. And again, yeah, he didn't leave from the back like Cobra Commander did. He, yeah. he was out there in the front leading the charge. So that's very, signs of a good leader is, you know, not only in war, but just in general, if the leader's willing to get out there and pet themselves in the same muck that, yep. you know, the people they're leading are in, that shows that the leader cares and, that, you know, that's a sign of a good leader. So that definitely helps. The next note I have here is that, uh, yeah, as you guys have mentioned on page four, where dad had to shoot the dog. Yeah. Uh, just getting my own dog here recently. I, I, yeah, I can feel for the kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dad had to oh, pet yeah. your, your dog is named Junkyard, right? Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Love yes. a, what kind of dog a, is he? Uh, he is um, a lab with some chow mixed in, apparently. Oh, so cute. So, yeah, the, the wife saw him online and she's like, oh, you know, you, you know we, we don't need, I don't need another dog. And I keep saying, if I get another dog, it's going to be a bigger dog. And I, I was looking something new, you know, someone called Timber, maybe, is what I was looking at. But it's all this I saw this one. Oh, he, he reminds me very much of Junkyard. Okay, I'll get him. <laughs> so my dog's name is Timber. He's a German Shepherd uh, Husky mix. Nice, lovely. That's a good yes. mix. But uh, yeah, my my son's like, I don't like that name. Let's call him Chocolate Brownie. No, we're not calling him Chocolate. His name's Junkyard. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Junkyard. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and you guys just mentioned, yeah, Storm Shadow seems to have the memories that went into Repentor. And we'll fight, I guess we'll find out in the next few issues, but I don't really recall this being an issue or coming back up after this, but we'll see. My next note here is this, when Destra was talking about loyalty to Baroness, how, you know, she's like, well, we just take off. He's like, well, you know, my loyalty is not just for, you know, up for grabs. When I'm loyal to somebody, you know, I'm loyal. And then he makes a comment about how uh, he won't pet honor aside for love. Yeah, and I saw that. I'm like, well, we're going to revisit that here down the road, you know. Yeah. And decides to give up, you know, give up everything for love. But yeah. that's for another discussion. What about lust for Baroness? Because that's going to be a factor <laughs> as well. Like, I well, mean, well, you know, some people would be willing to stay in an alternate dimension for. I understand, but yeah, I'll tell you, tell <laughs> stick you what, around for that. Destro. I mean, like, let's let's face it, like Destro, you, you, Cobra Commander, as usual, is hiding somewhere, barking out orders. <laughs> 
Uh, Serpentor's leading from the front. Baroness is flirting with him. Uh, uh, Destro showed a bit of backbone there, not to just kind of completely side with her, because I, I would have been tempted. It's not about siding. It's about maybe like maybe hitting it a little bit. I'm just, yeah. you know, I mean, I love the fact that he goes, I I have no great love for Cobra Commander, but I sought but I sided with him. I won't discard loyalties like last year's fashions. Don't try me, Baroness. Some men will put aside love for honor. Do you really want to know that much about me? Wow. Mm. The, the I, I bet that just—I just—I bet that just made her, made him hotter to her. <laughs> yeah, he could have given. Like, imagine if he said that and then he gave her a little slap on the ass. You know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, the best part of that is that when they actually pick up Serpentor and they're you know they're interacting with uh, Serpentor, Baroness, and Destro, and Serpentor or Baroness says, "We never thought of leaving you behind," <laughs> and Destro's like, "What?" And you can see it, that quick turn yeah. of the head. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not how that conversation went. Yeah, Woman, but... please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that in that head turn. Like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> I've got a few other comments here. Again, uh, someone else pointed out, you know, push the cowards out of the way. I'm going back into the fight. When I say Serpentor very much showed why he is the new Cobra leader and and on why he was able to take charge from Cobra Commander so quickly is because, like we said, not not only is he willing to get out there and fight, but he cares about his people. But you know, yeah, he he leads from the front, not back at headquarters. I do like that here in Springfield. Apparently, Cobra, Cobra has their own version of, of the pit. They got the, the thing, the the elevator going down, and the tunnels leading across town, and they destroy all that to hide their evidence and stop the Joes from following them. I was kind of getting a Hydra vibe a little bit. Kind of, oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> considering the source, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my last comment on here is Zartan is a sister. I wonder what other family member is going to show up. Uh, but again, that's for next issue. But <laughs> well, he's hiding in the back. You just don't see him because you don't notice him. Yes, yes, yeah. he's <laughs> sneaky Zartan. You didn't forget about yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yes, so no, that was it. And one thing I, I wonder about rereading this all these years later is that, we, as I said in my uh, synopsis, we start this issue in the middle or near the end of the battle, actually. So last issue, it started, and then there was a whole battle that took place in between issues 49 and 50. Um, yes. I was just wondering, you know, it got, struck me as, I don't know about odd, but, I mean, it seems a lot left out. Uh, I just well, like Scarlet got injured. Scarlet yeah. got injured. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah I was Scarlet like, was injured and who was ever Kondo? Kondo. We're both injured, needed uh, an evac. I mean, the town's already halfway destroyed. Yeah. Before Cobra starts setting off charges. And I was just wondering, maybe that should have been a special missions maybe later on, or I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? You know, starting. I, I, I definitely would have liked to have seen like a 49.5 issue yeah. at some point, like later on, Larry just punch one out, yes. you, you know, because Scarlet getting injured was a big thing and she was just yeah. thrown over the shoulder. I was like, what happened to Scarlet? We didn't get to see her like do anything. Now, when they did the mid two thousands with the comic book three packs, right. Didn't they do, they did some 3.5, you know, some point fives right. with those. And that would have been a great one or a great time yeah. to do that. Oh yeah. So, you know, 
I know they introduced this whole special missions thing in this, but I think like a preview special mission would have been nice because it can tease, it would have teased the fans of what's coming and then they give the full tease in this issue. But yeah, that it would have been nice if like they just had maybe a quick little, you know, six to 10 page thing that just showed this little side battle that was maybe crucial in Springfield here and, and something yeah. that happened and, and why Scarlet got hurt. And, you know, maybe yeah. she did something really badass too, you know, it's, it's, instead, 100%. you know, she's just, you know, thrown over uh, snake eyes, shoulder. And then, you know, mentioned that she's like bleeding out inside the dump truck, you know? Right. She, she that, does have a moment later on in the issue where I think she yep. sort of like um, makes a comment like that. She's not useless or something. There's there, 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 she, there she has a line Later on in the issue, yeah. brief. Yep. Um, yep. Always one of my favorite characters, Scarlet. So you know, I was a bit like, "Oh, what happened to Scarlet?" I was thinking, <laughs> "Did I miss a? Did I miss a page?" Is what I was thinking. Like, we all we all missed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really think about that until I got rereading this for this episode. And I always know that it starts out in the middle of the battle, but yeah, just rereading it now, I'm like, I would have liked to see more of the the battle. The the line, by the way, Dave, that you're referring to is Doc says, take it easy, Scarlet, you're out of this fight. And she goes, not by a long shot. Just give me a rifle and point me in the right direction. <laughs> Scarlet, I love right there. She's got like a know? full on like arm wound and head wound. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, just prop me up. <laughs> yeah, as Dave said, she's badass. <laughs> she's badass. That's, that's classic Scarlet for you. I will say something, not really in his defense, but explanation Larry had a lot to juggle in this issue, and he didn't oh, yeah. seem to have an extra page count. It seemed he had to tie, tie it in within the 22 pages, the, the normal 22. So, yeah. I mean, God, think of the writers of today. I don't know if you Oops. guys read a lot of comics. Yeah. They decompress like crazy. This would be like four or five issues. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. it, wouldn't, and it wouldn't be better. That's the thing. No. It wouldn't actually be better. Yes. Larry yeah. compressed it in, and I can see why he had to cut some stuff out. But, um, oh, my God, like the guys of today, I don't think they could do this in one issue, really. Oh, no, definitely. And and I do – and it, I am kind of complaining about, you know, the lack of the middle of the battle. But, you no, know, like you said, and as I say almost every episode, Larry does a fantastic job on this book. And that's a claim I made elsewhere about, you know, modern – I say modern writers. It's been the last 20, 30 years, I think, that they've sure. started decompress or uncompressing or whatever and, and taking, you know – yeah, Larry took one issue to tell this battle. He started the last issue and he finished up this issue. Yeah, this would have been like six, seven, eight issues yeah. nowadays to tell the same story. And yeah, it wouldn't have been as imagine, good. Imagine throwing a kid like I reckon you could throw a kid like anywhere from like ten to fifteen this issue and they'd have a good time with it. You know what oh, I mean? Definitely. I, I experimented recently. One of my um best mates, he's got a daughter, uh, she just turned ten. And and I'm always trying to brainwash her a bit with comics, and I threw her the Venom Spider-Man stuff from the mid-'80s, and she ate it up. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, like, and she's not a comic reader. She's like, oh, this is so good. Is there more? I go, there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot from? more. A lot more. <laughs> like, I talked with uh, their deal with Shag over my, my Head Speaks podcast. It's been quite a while back now. But, yeah, to me, the, the golden era of comics was, like, between – the mid eighties through the mid nineties. Yeah. To me, that's that's when they were, you know, both Marvel and DC for the most part was you know the part and just yeah, it was a wonderful time. Yeah, after that they start getting into crossovers, going into crossovers oh. and it kind of loses it for me. But yeah, between like say between ever from I mean, I'd be willing to slack it off to the early eighties 
through the mid nineties yeah. is just like a yeah, great that's time. A, that's a great time for for group. both houses, you know, um, for sure. Yeah, and these came out at Marvel, didn't they? These yes. these um, JoJo's, yeah, cool. Yeah, Marvel had the license. I, I'm wondering. And I don't know if it's official yet. Do we know where the license is going? I know IDW lost the license recently. Yeah, IDW lost the license. I haven't heard where it's going, but I have seen on Larry's Facebook that he is working on issue 302 or 303. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So he's still involved. Oh, so, yeah. He's still working on it. It's still continuing somewhere. So it's what a champ Larry Hummer yet. is. I, I've been trying to get him on the show for years on Singular Oh, Doom. yeah. Such a you know incredible workhorse, really. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I tried getting him on the show, but he said he, he doesn't do anything remotely. He only does interviews in person. Right, he, okay. Person get up and walk away. Turn up at his house. Just go, hey, Larry, let's go. <laughs> Ta- tape recorder. Let's take let's take it from the top. Nineteen eighty three. Joe. Yeah, and I do have a small interview with Larry Hama that a friend of mine, Justin from DC in the eighties, got. Here a while back at a comic convention where we met with Larry and, and talked a little bit about G.I. Joe. So I'll oh, have to put that in the show notes and maybe replay it at some point. But but yeah, no, I was trying to get Larry on also. Yeah, he said, yeah, he doesn't do interviews over Zoom or anything because, yeah, he, yeah. he wants to be there in person. That way, if he doesn't like the questions, he can get up and leave. <laughs> so, I, anyway, that's Larry. Larry Hammer stories via I, I've managed to get a few Larry Hammer stories via Chuck Dixon. Because Chuck Dixon oh, often comes on Signal of Doom, he's probably been on, you know, twelve times, and right. um, and obviously they work very close together at times in their career. And like Larry actually hired Chuck for Conan back oh. in the eighties, and so I get a few Larry stories via Chuck, which are always good, like always good stories. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that Chuck seems to be a regular on your show, which is yes, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's a big, big, big friend of the show. Um, comes on usually two or three times a year at least, at least. No, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, always nice. big, big pal of uh, Singleton. So, before we move on to the next segment for this this story, at least, do you guys have any other thoughts on anything else from the Battle of Springfield? Yeah, I I think it's an important question. What side do you think that the Simpsons would side with? Uh, <laughs> you know, with this invasion of their hometown, do you think they would stay with Cobra or would they uh, be liberated with uh, GI Joe? I think Homer would would. Stay with Cobra because he thinks that's the job security. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he probably doesn't even really understand like what's going on at all. Just that he knows yeah. he's got a job in this town, he has to move. Lisa <laughs> probably with uh, GI Joe. Right. Uh, I think Bart might wind up as one of the dreadnoughts. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. That was the best answer I could have gotten. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I heard Lisa would be more independent. What? Doesn't like Cobra, but she's not going to side with the military, yeah, military <laughs> complex. So yeah. she'd be doing her own thing. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> good, good question, Kevin. <laughs> well, I keep you on the show. You have all these great, great comments, <laughs> great questions for us. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move on to the second story, which was called Best Defense. This was our, our preview for the upcoming special mission, G.I. Joe special missions. In fact, it says that on the on the cover of the story. It says it's G.I. Joe Special Missions, Best Defense. As usual, written by Larry Hama, artist, the return of Herb Trip, letterer, Philip Hugh Felix, colorist, Bob Sharon. Uh, this was an 18-page story, and this was reprinted in Special Missions Trade Paperback and G.I. Joe Volume 5 Trade Paperback. And I'm assuming, but again, 
Jared flaked out. I mean, Jared's not here, so I, I'm assuming it's also in the uh, complete G.I. Joe Volume 5. So the synopsis on this, three terrorists hijack a Russian plane with Americans on board. Lady J, Flint, and Beachhead sneak aboard the craft, take out the hijackers before they can cause the plane to crash into a Russian chemical war- warfare depot, destroying millions of lives. Um, so let's go get some thoughts on this. Let's go ahead and uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this this story? You know, I was always a fan of the special missions uh, because one of the things that we like about G.I. Joe is when you get a core group of Joes doing something, you know, covert or something like that, you know, and seeing them all. And of course, in the Battle of Springfield and work together is good. But we like those covert missions, you know, like Navy SEAL style, you know, and this is basically what it is, too. And, you know. I'm old enough to remember uh, a lot of headlines from the late 70s and early 80s of all those hijackings that were happening. And this is basically taken right out of uh, the headlines. And, you know, this is where like, you know, SEAL Team 6 started, you know, uh, working on their stuff, you know, and it's uh, it's all the special forces stuff. He started becoming a thing and becoming organized. And I remember one of uh uh, one of the one of the shows that we have here on the Fandom Podcast Network is Couch Potato Theater, and we discuss our favorite movies. And uh, one that we did last year was um, Who Dares Wins or uh, The Final Option, the British SAS movie where uh, they take over an embassy. And you really got – that was the first time I actually got to see it on the big screen. And then now you're seeing it in this episode or this issue, Self-Defense and G.I. Joe Special Missions a hijacked airplane terrorists and what the GI Joe team does to stop them. And I like the fact it's kind of a two pronged attack. You got the the plane itself and then you've got um, the other headquarters uh, with the bad guys and the very large woman with a very large gun. But this was straight up like, you know, you, you basically straight up see a lot of violence in this, including the airline uh, attendant getting, you know, executed. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 pretty badass when you think about it. And what I like about this particular issue, too, is there was a lot of gunplay in it. And I like it when the artist and the storyteller like Larry Hama throws that in there and the artist can interpret it really well. And I just thought Hawk was pretty badass and with Stalker just walking in. He's got a Mac 10. And, (laughs) you know, I, I just that was pretty, pretty damn cool. But then also you get the covert part of it too. You know, you get uh, what is it? What is it? Um, Lady J. Yeah, um, Lady J. Yeah, they're sneaking yeah. into the plane. Beachheads like hiding like this, you know, in in the passenger <laughs> thing. Like, be quiet, you know. And it reminds me of uh, what was the movie Executive Decision with Kurt Russell oh, yeah. and Steve Ball. Yes. Yep. And they have to like yep. sneak aboard the plane with a special jet thing. And then they have to like, you know, I think John Leguizamo was in that as well. And they have to like sneak out of the plane and take it from the inside. Uh, I, I just love stuff like that. And I like that we got a tease to what they were going to show us. And uh, yes. so, yeah. And uh, Dave. Uh, I have bad news to report. This was not in my classic G.I. Joe. So, it wasn't oh, okay. even, yeah, it wasn't. But but it's probably in my special mission classics which i didn't realize so sorry i didn't realize but i like the description of it i like the ad as i said i'm i well now i finished a classic gi joe 5 and i'm ready to hit special missions and looking forward to it so it's, it's awesome, awesome dave just just take my word for it 
No, awesome. I am. I'm, I'm going to ditto. <laughs> I'm going to ditto because I'm real high on this GI Joe stuff. I'm loving it, and um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I'm giving it nine out of ten. Um, without nice. Not reading it. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and Jim, thoughts? The best yeah, the special missions. I loved. They they all. They were usually one issue, concise. Yep. You know, mission was started and ended in one issue for the most part. There was something kind of connected loosely together later on and even with the main title. But I love how in most of them, Larry would hint at how it's going to get resolved in the beginning. Right. And then towards the end, you know, in this one, when they, when they they subdue the lady with the big gun, <laughs> they did it with the taser. Well, that's how they did it. You know, took the, took the guy on the plane. But yeah, I love how it's small core, like Kevin said, of, of characters, how they work together to get out of a situation. Um, and this one was no different. And for it to be the first one where he Larry was not afraid to cut, you know, to show what, you know, yeah, these are real guns. These are real circumstances. You know, as back in the day, that was that was, you know, this is what's going to happen. And just how they resolved it, working together, two fronts. Um but yeah, special missions, especially this one, was always was really good, and I like how it was all resolved with the the hint from the beginning. So. Yeah. All of these uh, all these hijackings, as they call it, you know, I guess you have to blame DB Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> special missions a little more realistic, I guess. It was, he, he, you know, like I said, this one here, as Kevin pointed out, yeah, the steward has got her, you know, head blown off. I've got a few thoughts on this. Again, I noticed on the, on the first page of the story, uh, the co-pilot, you actually read his name as Jim Abbott, Lieutenant Jim Abbott. I was curious if that was anybody in real life. And the only thing I could find is that there's a baseball player named Jim Abbott. So I'm wondering if he, he Jim him. Abbott, the baseball player, played for the Angels. He was famous for not having, I think it was a left or right hand. And oh, really? the way that he, yeah, the way, and he always played for obviously American League teams because he didn't have to bat and he was a pretty good pitcher. And when he would throw the ball, you would see him transfer the the arm that didn't have like the hand to the mitt. And so he threw and caught with the same, um, same hand. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty wicked. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this was a reference to him or somebody else, but and again, my thought next I have here is Roger, the guy with the bomb attached to him, doesn't seem to be quite right in the head. Well, you think more, more <laughs> self than a normal suicide bomber is. More than the other terrorist. <laughs> yeah, more than any other suicide terrorist. He, I like he, he, he was itching to release that thing, man. Yeah. Like he was, he was, what's they say? Yeah, you know, he he was he had tempt me, bro. Tempt me. <laughs> he had cancer, so he's ready to die anyways. We have nothing to lose, so. Yeah. Like yeah. wow, yeah, it shows it's, it's affected his mind, and wow, he's on uh, a death he, trip. He's on a death trip for sure. Yes, and as I think it was Kevin mentioned when Duke and Stalker was busting into the Fourth International, and they started taking out the people there, and yeah, Stalker took out uh, what do you call her, Tubby or Lardo or whatever it was, <laughs> the, <laughs> the big gun. Um, Beachhead was a straight up badass in this issue. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Beach, yeah, Beachhead's usually oh there it is, lady. Lady J having to change in the luggage luggage yeah. compartment. <laughs> I've got notes about that. Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> Not a bad panel. No. Just mentioning that. So as people said, you know, the, the taser package 
the you know, I think it was Jim mentioned they they use the taser on the lady, and then again they use it at the end, kind of bring it back full circle. Uh, oh, here's the note: uh, Lady J changing on the plane. Hot, <laughs> hot. <laughs> well, let's go and pull that up. Uh, there we are. Nice. Yes. Oh yeah, that's actually a good panel. Yeah. Very nice. I've got to check out my special missions trade paperback yes, and get them off. Uh, can I say this? I think yeah. um, obviously at this point, I assumed the toy line was really going gangbusters, and the idea to mm-hmm. bring in a second yeah. title would, as well as the special mission stories, it would also surely have helped Larry maneuver around all the different pieces that he would have to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. During during this time, and I don't know if it was this time exactly, but in this time frame, GI Joe was selling better than Uncanny X Men. Really? Uh, wow. That's what Larry was saying, and that's why wow. I really explained yeah. why Aaron, in the mid eighties it was. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. can you zo- zoom in on me for a second? Because I want to show how Beachhead is just like straight up ninja here. Okay, first of all, so we get Beachhead right there, right? Like shush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hiding here underneath. Yep. Like, <laughs> what? Nothing, and then. Then the next page, it's like nothing to see here. Nothing yeah, to see here. Nothing going on. <laughs> Be quiet. I got things going on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like him crouched down in there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That was great. Like a toddler, if if he shuts his eyes, you, you know they can't see see you, right? <laughs> you can't see me. You can't see me. You can't see me. Uh, very much so. So yeah, and I'll repeat my last statement. Just gonna want to repeat it again. Lady J changing on the plane. Hot. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. that little girl. Mom, there's mice moving underneath my seat. <laughs> That's not mice, daughter. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm not a military guy. I'm not a gun guy. But I'm surprised all those bullets being thrown around the, the plane didn't puncture the yeah. hole itself and cause some problems for the, the plane. But again, I'm not a, I'm not a play, uh, gun guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken. And uh, my last note on here is uh, back to Lady J uh, getting locked in the toilet, uh, locking herself in the toilet, even though the door was halfway blasted off. <laughs> uh, I, I did like that. But, you know, where's Lady J? You know, she locks herself in the toilet. <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> so, again, that yes, that was the, the first, the preview for our special missions, which uh, actually starts next month. It was when the first issue comes out. And, and just to go to, back to Dave's comment, you know, I say it was, it may be just as good as Uncanny X-Men. I can't, but and Larry's had it in several interviews. He said it was right up there with, that's, that's with Uncanny person. X-Men, Avengers, Spider-Man, wow. all that stuff. So in this time frame, X-Men was selling huge too. So yeah, to compete yeah, with, with yeah. a really big seller, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, you yeah. know what? It doesn't surprise me reading it because you have such a large fan base that's buying the toys, watching a mm-hmm. cartoon, yeah. and Larry's putting out a very high quality comic. So it doesn't surprise me. It's yeah. good to hear, actually. Yeah. And this this is the time frame where I, I've got all of the Marvel run from 1 through 55 with the special Snake Eyes cover for mm-hmm. the G.I. Joe special. Now I'm going back and getting all the second, third print, second and third printings and the newsstands. This era is the worst because there were so many of them that, that yeah. that's, they just kept reprinting them because it was so popular. <laughs> it was sold out. So when I'm going through dollar bins and stuff like that, I say, oh yep, I the guy checked my phone. Yep, I already got that one. You know, what about <laughs> damn it? Yeah. Third printing? Come on! <laughs> I know. Who wants a third uh, printing? Come on! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, wow. this, yeah. GI Joe was selling. Yeah, game. This is yeah. eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, that like that was probably yeah. 
84, 85, 6, it was just. Yeah. Uh, they would kill for those numbers now. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, and that's one thing I've yeah. complained about, especially we're on Bravo team, me and Articulated Chad's made these comments that, you know, yeah, back here, yeah, they had the comic, they had the toys, they had the cartoon, it, you know, they did so well they came out of the second comic. Now, I mean, gee, uh, and I don't know where, why or where it's falling apart at, but one thing that helped sell the comic and the toys, I think, was the cartoon, which we'll talk about. But sure. there's there's nothing really aimed for kids at this point. Yeah. I mean, the comic, yes, but again, it's it's gone for right now until it comes back where it's coming out at. But the toys, honestly, and maybe it's just because I'm an old man and cheap, but the toys listening on the movies that's for sure yeah the toys aren't <laughs> kids. as you guys talked about you know the classified toys are you know 20 some odd dollars a piece yeah. uh, 22, they're for the collectors more they're for yeah. like you know yeah. a kid with his allowance i mean i don't know if kids have allowances anymore they probably need proper full-time jobs but um <laughs> they're out there they're sort of priced out of the range of where i would have been as a kid anyway put that that's way. my yeah, I, I buy occasionally for my son but yeah he's eight and I, I can't justify spending, even when they have the figures, the the smaller figures, mm. you know, it was hard for me to justify spending 12 bucks on a figure for my son to destroy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where, you know, and I'm definitely not buying him a $25 toy yeah. at this point for, you know, because it's. Or the it's the, the, eight, the $18 five articulation figures that are out there right now. Yeah, no, those are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> those make me shiver. I, I love the package. <laughs> In fact, I've got two of them because the wife bought them for me. I can't, I, I can't force myself to spend eighteen bucks on a figure yeah. that's got five points of articulation. Yeah. But yeah, my wife was at Target. She bought me a Lady J, and then she bought me a bazooka in the winter gear because she'd heard me editing or talking with you guys, the guys on one of the podcasts, and I mentioned bazooka, and she remembered that name. So <laughs> she talked to I heard you talk this on your show the other day. So. That's very sweet. But yeah, so I've got those two because she bought them. But yeah, that's something I, I can't. Like, oh, you don't like? Well, they're not. They're nice. It's just I myself can't see spending eighteen bucks on a toy. But yeah, here my, a, I'll take them. Don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan I, of the reaction figures. The, yeah, but like they go. They've made some figures that Hasbro isn't going to touch. Yeah, like you said, yeah. the bazooka and the winter gear, and yes. some of the some of the snakelings and the you know mm-hmm. snake eyes with the in this Cobra uniform or shipwreck, you know, they, but I, I'm like Aaron, I can't see spending that much money on it. I, I was tempted to get the snake eyes. And I think they had a uh, shipwreck from the pyramid of darkness. Yep. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. I was yeah. so tempted yep. because I love yep. that miniseries. Yes. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, was, saw, I saw the snake eyes in the, the guard uniform, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. The snake yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> oh, snake eyes in the sky. Oh, I love the eighteen buck. Snake yeah. eyes is eighteen buck. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't pull the trigger, but I was, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Kevin, my, my hand yeah. kept reaching out for. Like, <laughs> oh, trust me, I molested that package over. I was looking at it. I was going, ah, oh, yes. What, yeah. How much for this? Oh, I can't. No. Yeah. Uh. We've talked about. It. They need to have, in my opinion. Again, maybe I'm wrong. I usually am. I am married, but. They need to have a, a toy line out there for the kids, a cheaper price points, and they need to have a cartoon. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say the same thing, Aaron. I think that all in all, I think we obviously watched an episode of the cartoon for this show. If they had a cartoon now with sort mm-hmm. of today's not not cheap, cheap animation, but good animation, mm-hmm. uh, like something they would support 
I think that would go a long way to, you know, sort of bringing the franchise yeah. up again yeah. to a younger generation. They need a cartoon. They need product. I know they had the recent <laughs> movie, which was a flop, uh, but they, I think a cartoon coming on kids' screens every week would be yeah. a big assistance. Oh, yeah. Look what they did with him. Netflix did with He-Man, yes. the Kevin Smith version. Well, I mean, got, if they did something like that, you know. They got two He-Man cartoons. Yeah. They got the Kevin Smith one, which yeah. I a lot of people complained about. I actually enjoyed it. So. I enjoyed it, and I'm not a He-Man fan. <laughs> there's, there's always a lot of Transformers stuff, too. Transformers yeah. constantly has various cartoons, enough that they're in the picture. Same with Turtles. Turtles, love it or hate them, has a lot of uh, cartoons still pumping. Yes. I don't know why G.I. Joe doesn't. Maybe it's because of the military angle, but, like, just embrace it. Like, you can't yeah. run away from the military angle with G.I. Joe. You've got to embrace it, you know? Yes, sir. That's, yeah, that's what you have to yeah. do. That's what it is. It, that's exactly um, right. It is what it is. Don't be ashamed of your own product. You know? Yes. Uh, well, unless you haven't thought about the comic, uh, Kevin. You're looking at the book. You want to we'll move on to. The I just was wondering when you're going to get to ads. Yeah, you know, I got a couple oh, I want to mention. Oh. Uh, well, we do the ads now. We don't do. I was going to move on to the Royal American Hero, but we do the ads first. What ads did you want to talk about there, Kevin? There's two. I used to have one of these, and it broke pretty quickly. I didn't have this particular model, but these headphone radios that were very popular <laughs> back in the day. Do cool. you guys remember these bad boys? I had a set as well. I didn't have yeah. one. No, no. Yeah, a little AM, FM radio, and they were kind of clunky on the head. And uh, if you turned in your junior mints and your sugar daddies and your Charleston chews and your pom-poms and your sugar babies and your chuckles, yes, it says chuckles right here. Yep. yep. Chuckles candy right there. Love it. <laughs> and also, remember mask, guys? Check yes. the mask yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love the that you get like a preview of all the cool like toys yeah. and the playset, yes. the uh, mm. Boulder Hill playset. Not in this picture though is my favorite. It's Hondo and his car. Check that bad boy out oh, right there. Nice. Like all that. parts of it as well, including him inside. I'm not going to open it right now though. But yeah, that's great. Cool. Shout just, out there. Something I just realized. You just showed a advertisement for a Kenner toy in a Hasbro comic toy magazine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My only issue with Mask was that they were smaller figures. I wish they were three yeah. and three quarter. Because, yes. come on, Joe's riding some of the Mask cars. That would have been cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I never right. got these toys, but I did like the cartoon. I had a lot of the comics. Kenner, right there. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. it's just yep. it's a really cool ad, though. I love that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yes. those the thing that was cool about Mask which I related to GI Joe is that they had really cool vehicles. Mm. And my complaint with some of the transformers was that Mm. the vehicles didn't always look cool because they had to make sure you could change them into the robot version. I'm a car guy. I grew up with my dad. We were big car guys. And so that's why I thought some of the GoBots were cooler because they look cooler as cars, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, another ad in here was for the Thundercats. I yeah, loved video cassettes as a kid. As a kid, I loved the Thunder. I bet you that video cassette was forty dollars. Probably. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you could also send for an eighteen by twenty-four full color poster. One dollar postage you're handling. No stamps, please. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 was another one. Then also an ad for the new universe 
huh. Marvel Comics. They were that was a flop. He was pivoting out their new universe, which yeah, didn't last very long. No. What was the what was the concept of that? It was basically just I'm gonna say a new universe, uh, new heroes. It was they was trying to start, I guess, another universe besides Marvel. Kind of mm. like if they'd done Ultimates in in '86, it was kind of like, but it was not done that well. Like, okay. I, I think well, it was Ultimates, a bit darker. As, I think it was darker as well. I, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. From my, I, I didn't get any of that. You know, that was before I got into comics. But yeah, it was basically just new characters and separate from the Marvel universe, basically. Yeah. But it flopped yeah. really hard. It was whereas it was the Ultimates was basically just taking the Marvel characters and. And putting them in a new universe with less continuity. Yes, uh, these were all new characters, and they were starting a new universe to try to bring people in and do something besides just the regular Marvel books. Again, yeah, no one knows about it today. So, <laughs> well, you know what? We've had Tom DeFalco on the show. Oh, very uh, nice. And uh, we went into some detail. Now, I think New Universe was probably still when Jim Shooter was editor in chief. Um, I believe so. Yeah, but Tom took over after him, and it would be interesting to get his ideas because he was certainly at Marvel at that time. So yeah. the next time I have Tom on, I'm going to ask him about the new universe. Well, he probably remembers it not fondly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. The Real American Hero. This is a Joe Cobra or somebody else that did something exceptional in this issue. And again, I'm willing to take someone from either story. So, well, so like, is it like an MVP kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. In fact, I'll go ahead and start uh, this time. My real American hero is uh, Serpentor. Yep. As we've talked about previously, basically he's a newborn. He just was created last issue, but he, he left out there. He led the charge. He, he took care of the wounded. He showed what a real leader is. So that's why Serpentor is my real American hero. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, I would have given it to Serpentor as well. Just, you know, and I'm not, a, I'll be honest, I'm never, I was never a big Serpentor fan, but uh, the fact what, and, Honestly, I don't think he's ever been cooler since this issue, if I remember correctly. I'm hoping to prove myself wrong because as we're doing these podcasts, Aaron, I'm kind of revisiting these kind of for the first time right. because it's been so long. I can't remember what's happened, but I just remember him like he wasn't as cool as he was in this issue. And I'm hoping that I'm wrong with that. Other than that, I'm going to give it to Beachhead for just being in the back of the dump truck with Leatherneck. <laughs> So, Dave, do you have a real American hero? Again, uh, Joe, Cobra, whoever. Serpento definitely has a claim, but I'm going to give it to one of my favorite Storm Shadow for his cool speech oh, yes. with all the different memories. I thought that was a really cool moment when he came out of that tank. Oh, very so, yes, Storm Shadow is a dark horse, and I'm going to give it to him. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that excellent choice. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one, also. And uh, Jim, uh, I'm going to give mine to Destro. You know, while Serpentor was leading the charge against the Joes, Destro in the, in the back, rescuing all the civilians, mm-hmm. getting things taken care of, and then sweeping in and, you know, rescuing Serpentor after, at the last minute and taking off. So yeah, I, I, I give mine to Destro. Oh, nothing wrong with that. that. Those are all good choices. Yeah, one and all. Those, yeah, the, again, there was a, like I said, a lot going on in this issue. So, yeah, there, there was a lot to choose from on who to give that to. Because, yeah, there was 
like, you know, like you said, Destro was, yeah, he was very much, you know, a lot of men would set on our side for love. Da, 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 you, you don't, you don't want to know me and very, yeah, very much. And yeah, beachhead, you know, new character. Yeah. Riding along in the back of the dump truck, taking out the bad guys. And uh, yeah, storm shadow on his whole, yeah, his whole thing with coming out of the tank and some great scenes with him, which we'll talk about here in a minute, possibly. But yeah, they're, they're all great choices. So yeah, th- this was a great issue to pick out a real American hero from. Well, I guess maybe it was a, a bad issue because there were so many great choices. So many great choices. Are, are we are we picking one for uh, the second story or no? Uh, you, we can. I was you said you said general. again second second one man come on yeah <laughs> I yeah, choose turned Beach invisible again. right <laughs> yeah Beachhead had it wrong I loved it <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with Beachhead at all uh, I'm gonna give for the second if we're gonna pick one for the second story I'm gonna give mine to Stalker mm. because again we don't see a whole lot of Stalker nowadays and yeah just the way yeah he him and Hawk go busted and taking out those guys and yeah he just takes that that electric charge and. Heads up, Toby. She just shocks the hell out of her. <laughs> Very nice. Let's go ahead and move on to the page of art. Again, this is a page of art. If, if, it, was my, if it was in my power, I, if I could give you any one page of art, what page of art would you guys take? And again, it can be from either story, either the special missions preview or the, the main one. Do you have one ready, Kevin, or do you need a minute? Yeah, get, go, let, let the others go. Uh, Jim, do you have one ready, or do you, do you need a minute to pick something? Well, if, if nobody else is going to go first, I'll pick the, the first page. <laughs> the opening page, you know, that that's one. That's a good one. With running the opening battle. up, you got all that action going on. And, and that's the one that when I first op- started reading it back in the day, okay, what's going on? Why? Just, <laughs> yes. So that would be mine. Great choice. Great choice. And again, for the, if anyone's out in the chat, if you guys want to post your pages or your Royal American Arrows, I can read them off on the air. Dave, mm. do you have... Uh, well, I, I hadn't thought of it, but uh, but I'll probably pick the one where Storm Shadow comes out of the tank because I just thought it was a really cool visual. I, you know, and he's and he's when he's talking and saying like you can feel the blood of Ares and all that stuff. You're referring to this one um, right here, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I, I like that page. Yeah, it's there, a great. Uh, page. There was the other one where he kind of comes out and he looks ghostly. I thought you were referring to that one the first time. If you, uh, if you go, if you go back, yeah, when he first comes out and he surprises the Dreadnoughts. Pages there. Yeah, go. that might be it as well. I'm just looking. I'm just bringing it up. That's pretty badass there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, coming either out of, of the uh, the conqueror's goo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Either of those two, I thought they were very striking pages. Actually, there's a lot of good battle scenes in the whole comic, oh, yeah. but I, I liked those pages. Um, yeah, and I had both of those on my short list also, just because. Yeah, those are both great. I mean, I, I really like Kevin said. Yeah, that ghostly image of him coming out of the tank. That's very nice. That's cool. But out of those two, I like the other one a little better, mm-hmm. mainly because of that top corner panel there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a close-up on his eye, and we see the skull in his eye. It's yeah. just a neat touch. I like that. He's a cool character. I love him. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, very much so. Kevin. You know, uh, I'm going to – it's tough It's tough because there's actually two, and they're right back-to-back. Oh. And I, uh, the, the, I think the Sepentor one, where I think uh-huh. this is the coolest he's ever been – Yes. But then when you turn the page, I do like this one, the Joe's on the dr- dump truck. I just think that's really <laughs> cool. I just, uh, I, I just get a kick out of it with snake eyes on the side. You see the guys in the back, you know, and and, and what, what is it? Uh, Quick Kick says, Ricondo and Scarlet are losing a lot of blood, stalker. 
make them as comfortable as you can quick quick let's get this hot wired snake eyes and i just i think that's a great panel there i love it and i'll take the page that dave didn't want out of either seven or eleven because again those were both great pages of serpentor coming out of the tank uh those were fantastic so yeah th- those are both great pages a runner up another one i wouldn't mind having as we mentioned earlier is uh lady <laughs> j Chijin. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just that panel. Just that panel. I and I want that just that little frame with that on a t-shirt. Yes, yes. I, that's not creepy at all. No, I, I don't think it's creepy. Of course. No, nah, no. Saying a lot. My nickname in my last job was Big Perv, so what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but that is G.I. Joe issue 50, our, our almost double-sized issue. One thing I was gonna comment on that out of this issue, I'm a little surprised. They didn't make it a little thicker and include like some pinups and so character, you know, some who's. You know who's what would have been really cool? Now that you make me think of it, you know, we had that famous, uh, you know, double page of the pit. It would have been really cool if they actually had a map of Springfield yes. and showed like the Battle of Springfield where the Joes did their insurrection and, you know, where the, the Serpentor battle was. That would have been really effing cool. If they it would have been. Well, they did that yeah. later on yeah. with the, the, uh, the Cobra Island battle. Yep. Yeah. In yeah. like 25 issues or so. So, it, yeah. and again, they had the pit from the previous, which I have hanging on my wall yeah. still. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You need, you need to put that behind you in that blank yeah, wall usually, so people can see it. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I usually try to move it down there. I require, I forgot to do it this time. <laughs> but yeah. So, well, my TV is going to go there, I think. But, but yeah, no, I do like that pit. I love that cut out of the pit and again i've got to hang i'm got it i can turn my head just a little bit nice there you go next to my dungeons and dragons poster from last year (laughs) but yeah so we're gonna go take a quick break and we'll be right back with the cartoon someone's got notes (laughs) gi joe will return after these messages just when you thought it was safe to hear a podcast promo. JL made it do 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 brave and bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL made JL made do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL made. JL mate do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL mate the annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back and we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMA 2023. Coming this May. JLMA do 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 comic books do 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 Mephisto. Hey! That it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. 
Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Bloody Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast, we cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our fandom podcast network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU podcast, discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Dear Diary, Four Million Years Later is a highly advanced form of podcast. I don't really know if it's from the past or the future, but the hosts can think and have real feelings. I don't understand it, Joe. There's already been podcasts doing an episode-by-episode rewatch of the original Transformers cartoon series. Why would Two Dopes be doing another one? I... I don't like it. Something's wrong. Real wrong. Four Million Years Later is a podcast from me, Jersey Drozd. And his friend, Hoover. Who are two guys who've watched Transformers since 1984 and have never stopped thinking or talking about it. We've been friends for 25 years, and a large portion of our discussions have been about the details and minutiae of the original animated series. So since 25 years still hasn't satiated our need for talking about this stuff, we've decided to put our thoughts and discussions to metaphorical tape and launch a podcast. So find 4 Million Years Later at your favorite podcatcher, or just go to 4millionyearslater.com and listen there. <laughs> Perfect! Absolute perfection! And welcome back to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, now we are ready to look at the cartoon. Yo, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the Enemy, fighting to save the day. Never gets up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! 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 G.I. Joe!
is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. So, this episode was entitled Worlds Without End Part 2, directed by John Gibbs and Terry Lennon, written by Martin Pascal, first aired November the 5th, 1985. The synopsis, while stuck in an alternate world, the Joes find an unlikely ally, the Baroness. Hot? Oh, uh, Stiller learns that the Baroness of this world is a double agent and his beloved. She helps rescue the Joes and sends them back to their own world, but Stiller, Clutch, and Grunt decide to stay in another world after seeing what Cobra has done to their alternate selves. So that is Worlds Without End Part 2. Go ahead and go to Jim first. Jim, get you on the spot. Do you have thoughts on this episode of G.I. Joe? I've always liked stories where it was kind of an alternate. This is almost like a what-if story mm-hmm. for G.I. Joe or yeah. Elseworlds for DC. <laughs> and it was excruciating back when these were airing. You watched one... And then if you didn't catch the next day, you were you were lost. You're like, what happened in part two? But, <laughs> but this one, I like how they wrapped it up, how they kind of twisted everything a little bit, you know, to where the Baroness was good. Right. You know, when it was on the underground. Is it just me or did her voice sound a little bit different, a little softer? Yeah, I was say, a little sweeter, a little softer. Yeah. A little- uh, okay, so it wasn't just me. You know, it, it was just a little bit different. So it, but when she was talking to Destro, it was a little more stern. Yes. You know, so when she was talking to her love. Yeah. Yes. She was a yep. little softer, a little more sweeter, a little yeah. more okay. Okay. Kind. kindness. Um, That's yep. what it was. So we don't hear much from the Baroness. No, <laughs> no. Which to each their own. But um, I liked how, was it Steeler and Grunt found Grunt, their. Yeah found themselves and that i mean the stealer just went he was already fevered and everything and he just went for a loop and um but then cobra commander still likes his his devices yes you know destro still likes his devices you know that was still the same um then the dreadnoughts cracked me up when dreadnoughts (laughs) said so it was the long line that they were they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing i'm like really Wait a minute here. That's total <laughs> different. But but overall, I liked how they how Joe slowly found out and figured out what was going on. Yes. And then they once they found out, they're like, okay, that you know. And then they had to make that choice, and three of them stayed behind. And yep. I don't think you ever see them again in the cartoon. No. I, in the I, movie, I, you do. Do do you for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. actually. It was actually one of the trivia things I found out about it. It says, okay. despite being, uh, staying in the alternate Earth, Steeler, Clutch, and Grunt are seen back with the Joes in the G.I. Joe movie. Okay. So okay. they are back there. Okay. Just the movie, though. But, you know, the yeah. movie, like, we don't know when that takes place, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, after Serpentor gets created and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, you don't see them. And, and I liked how it was three of the original Joes. Yeah. Not, you know, from, from 82 – Mm-hmm. From the '82 run, so their time had happened, and they were they were stuck together as good buddies. And yeah, but, but overall, I I love the episode. It and I, it's this these two episodes are you ask anybody, it's one of their top three, top five storylines of the whole cartoon. So, oh yeah, 
I loved it. Kevin, you were rattling some paper earlier since we liked you. What? What are you talking about? Oh, this. Yes. Oh, that. Hey, you got, you got something here, Bobby? You got some thoughts? Oh, I got some stuff here. Okay, so it's funny, too, because I was on uh, GIJoFandom.com, and they were talking about some, some of the uh, – the notes on this episode and the continuity errors and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I caught that. I caught that. <laughs> so the Cobra White House, Capitol, and Washington Monument are all gold. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Got to mention, looks a lot better than what they are now. <laughs> so, uh, they destroyed the Cobra slash Lincoln Memorial. And I still think that the Dreadnought cop uniforms are awesome. I would love to cosplay <laughs> that with the finest. Uh, get a couple people and dress up as the dreadnought cops. That'd be kind of cool. There you go. Make sure you take pictures. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who are you talking to, bro? Never mind. You're right. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, that, the, the flying, is it the Cobra Claw, the little one wing thing? Is that what yeah. it's called? Okay. Yeah. Um, the hang glider. I love how you had the Cobra with like the 80s shoulder style camera. <laughs> he's flying. I love that. <laughs> he's, he wouldn't be able to do that his, very long. Yeah, he's got his camera on Steeler. Uh, and uh, Layla, the hot Cobra officer. Uh, the one you call Steeler is delirious with fever. That sounds like a song right there waiting to be made. And I was looking up the uh, some of the technical errors and continuity stuff. It says the last ep- episode, and you had a you had a, a picture of it. Was Layla's Cobra Trooper uniform featured bare thighs and a high cut bikini bottom? Yes. Uh, in this episode, the legs are covered. However, when she climbs out of her his tank, she's wearing the skimpier togs. And then the, the scene shifts, and her shoulders are bare, as well as when she tells Clutch and the Baroness will treat you. I'm thinking that when they're animating this, there's probably some like person looking over the animator's shoulder, going, "Too skimpy, change it." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I fix it, fix it. <laughs> I just said, I get things that go through my head. Things that go through my head. Layla, hot cobra. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to get off that. I'm sorry. Why? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, bitten by mutant insects uh, that Destro is farming. I think that's great. That's what Baron has said. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught this. I didn't the first time I saw this. The Cobra Gate Plaza Imperial Police Headquarters is basically Watergate building, the same style, the same structure, but it's really? called Cobra Gate. I never caught that till this, till this viewing. I had to Google that going, did they actually do that in the same building? And yes, they did. I thought yeah, that was great. Destro's headquarters uh, was gold as well with a big snake head. And the Washington Wall Monument had an internment slave labor camp in the front. <laughs> I love how they had the slaves like being slaves from like, you know, 900 BC, just like pulling some big thing yeah. on wheels. You know? Yeah, we got, we got trucks that can do that now. Come on. I'm going to pause for a second here. I just want to say I actually love this story. I know we poke fun out of it and pull all the things, but this was one of those two parters that feels like a little mini movie. Yeah. And it was serious, too. There's some serious moments, which I like. The Parasite Matrix Electronic Aerial Webnet used twice with effectiveness out of the Washington Memorial, I thought was great. One, I love it when Co- Cobra uh, Tech actually works really, really well for what it does. Right. Uh, and in the aerial dogfight, you you can't use any lasers, and it was draining the. Um, I'm sorry. What are the name of those uh, those co- those GI Joe little Skyhawk? Skyhawk. Sky thank Hawks. you. 
they were losing their juice. Their laser guns were losing their juice. Wait, no real guns? What, what, are, those, what are those shotgun shells on Flint for? I don't know. For looks. They're laser okay. shells. <laughs> when Flint Barbecue and Airtight are in the uh, the prisoner section there, and they knock out those two Cobras, maybe take their uniforms? I don't know. Blend in? Zartan's motorcycle. That thing was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't last long. It's just like a Fiat. Boom. Explodes. Uh, which, I thought this quick, was... Kevin, let me interrupt you real quick. Which actually lasted longer than the Silver Rogers do. Yeah. This is true. Before they fall apart. Yes. <laughs> okay. That one Cobra Fang copter pilot was a little too quick to ditch his ride when he got shot at. It's because we're used to like Cobra flying vehicles and G.I. Joe flying vehicles. When they're shot, you have to see the guy, uh, the pilot escape with the parachute. Right. It was almost like that was an inside joke. Like, oh, got shot. Got to jump out. You know, <laughs> he didn't even try because then it was commandeered by Flint and the Joes. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Cobra commander loves a sport. His centrifugal persuader torture device. God, I love these names. I was having... <laughs> This is with Clutch, Lady J, and Footloose. I was having a Moonraker flashback with James Bond when he's putting that <laughs> centrifugal thing, and they lock him in. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking Rocket Man with that one, uh, the comedian back in the oh gosh, oh. Was he they played down Periscope. Oh, uh, he was yeah. he was a crazy guy. That was just me, man. I, you know, but. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, this this episode gets a little kind of dark here. Steeler Grunt find the skeleton bodies. Yes. Uh, and Steeler's like going insane at the same time. And then, of course, <laughs> that's when they're rescued uh, by a hot Cobra Layla. Uh, did we mention that she was hot? Mm. Anyway, Baroness and her beloved Steeler. Baroness, good Baroness, is a double agent. Yes, no glasses, by the way. Yes. Um, also hot. Same. Yeah. The Cobra Rattlers Air Patrol pilot uniforms, they kind of remind me of a little bit of that new Cobra Commander helmet that he unveils mm -hmm. later, combination yep. with the Rattler pilots. Did you guys get that feeling at all? Yeah, not too much. Yeah. Those were yeah. AVACs, AVACs, yeah. for what, okay. but they weren't introduced until 86 with the Firebat. Okay. But thank you, you for clarifying those that. Are, those are, curious. yep. Because yeah. even it, it, they had Firebats in the, in the, in the, first season but they were yeah. gray instead of red but these yeah. were av these are avax yeah remind you know, me of the, were, the yeah. Yeah. yeah when cobra unveil cobra commander unveils his new helmeted uh outfit okay there's a couple scenes anyone else think steeler looked like paul walker <laughs> yeah I, I know i could hear that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the Cobra Trooper informing Destro of three Cobras captured by the Parasite Matrix. Did you notice how swole he was? I mean, we're talking like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger commando slash uh, Conan swole. We're talking The Rock every movie swole. I mean, <laughs> the dude was like buff. I, I just stood out out of me. He reported, on, and, he reported on that on his way to the gym. Yeah, God, yeah. And in that same scene, did you notice that the Cobras were in the room doing some type of experiments with rodents that were on display, like some ray, the ray thing, the lights oh, were okay. kind of like they're getting ready to do something yeah, with these something rodents. Yeah. They were kind of like yeah. rodents slash. Get, did you guys notice that? Like, yeah, what was yeah. going on there? <laughs> Who knows? I need the backstory on that. <laughs> yeah. What the hell were they doing? Because. 
experiments by Cobra usually work. What was that about? Was that a cutscene? I need to know. (laughs) You don't just throw that in there and not answer that. But apparently they didn't. Uh, Baroness convinces Destro the captured Joes are that are with him um, and turns Destro and Cobra against each other. Cobra Civil War. Big question before my last thing here. Who won that battle? (laughs) We'll never know. And the gateway portal just kind of appears um, and Steeler, his girlfriend, Baroness Grunt and Clutch, they all stay behind. I thought that was kind of cool, a little bit on the serious side. And they wanted to uh, try and rebuild G.I. Joe in that universe. And I think it was you, Jim, mentioning that it was nice to see like a what if, you know, like a man in the high tower type of situation. And and I always remember that this two parter was one of my favorites for that reason. I love seeing that Cobra took over the world and took over these monuments and Kind of making them cooler looking. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's my thoughts, my notes. Dave. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, certainly not as exhaustive as Kevin, but I had not seen this episode. So okay. I have, like, I've got all the JoJo cartoons and I've been watching it and I was surprised, I felt, by a slightly darker episode I love, I love an alternate timeline um, episode. Like so, uh, like uh, Jim was saying, uh, this was right up my alley. I felt this was a very strong episode of GI Joe cartoons. Sometimes when I'm watching animated, I must admit, um, I sort of my like I love the start. Sometimes in the action bits, my brain switches off a little bit. You know, uh, like as a as a modern day viewer, I'm sure if I was a 12 year old kid, I'd be like, you know, you know, but. <laughs> That said, the overall, the whole episode, the thing with Baroness um, surprised me. I thought it was really cool. When they found the bodies of the Joes that had been killed, like skeletons, I was like, wow, I'm actually kind of impressed that they're doing this. Yeah, it was, I mean, darker might not be the right word, but you, you guys know what I mean. Just oh, yeah. some slightly That's more mature totally. themes mixed in. I, I felt it was a really good episode of the cartoon which I enjoy the cartoon. Um, it's so cheesy normally, but I, lo- I like that. You know, that's like, yes. part of its appeal. Um, yeah. This was probably slightly less so because they went to Cobra's world. It was kind of cool that Cobra seemed more competent here. In the cartoon, they're off, often a figure of absolute fun. Right. You know, like they, but like it tied in with, I felt, the, the comic we did this week, which showed Cobra evacuating relatively successfully. It was just it was just neat to see. I mean, honestly, easily one of my favorite episodes I've seen of the cartoon. Yeah, for me, extremely, extremely good entry, really. There was no weak points. I was totally thrown by Baroness's romance. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> it makes total sense. And I don't think he saw it coming either. Um the, the yeah. character. Who who was it? Was it Jesus was it Steeler? Steeler. Yeah, Steeler. Steeler. Yeah, Steeler, yeah, yeah. But I was kind of amused at the end when he decided he was going to stay. I thought for a second that Flint would say, it ain't a choice, boy, get in the machine. <laughs> you know, uh, like kind of pull order on him. But this is kids' comics or kids' cartoons. And then I like how everyone else was like, oh, me too, I'm staying as well. I'm, I'm like, you guys do realize this is a Cobra-run world. It's not as easy as, you know, as all that. But, hey, they were happy to. I guess they'd served their time on the toy racks and it was time for them yep. to exit stage left. And yeah, a really good episode of the cartoon. I, one of probably 
probably my favorite episode that I've seen so far, actually. Oh, very nice. Good, good. And uh, before I give my thoughts on this, uh, we have in the chat, uh, Heinz has joined us. He says, hello, gentlemen. Hello. And over on Facebook, we have Sean Tufson joining us. He says, love that. He loved that episode. Thank you both for joining us. And hello to both you guys. Uh, so go, go to my thoughts on this. Uh, I do like when, yeah, they're, they're blowing up the Cobra Memorial or Cobra, whatever you want to call it, since he's still alive. The Cobra statue comes flying out towards the camera. I love that shot. My thoughts on this is any world, the Dreadnoughts are incompetent. World <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I did have a note here. I never really noticed it until now. The Cobra Gate Plaza. I didn't do the research that Kevin did, but I assume this was a reference to Watergate. I, I love that. I, I love that. Uh, Cobra Gate Plaza. Uh, the slave labor camp and barbecues like heck of a way to solve unemployment. Yes, I like that line too. <laughs> chuckle. Uh, uh, and then a little bit later, Airtop made the same comment that I did about the dreadnoughts, about them being stupid no matter where you're at. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I noticed this, uh, I, and I've questioned this before. In fact, I, I talked with Zach Hoffman, the voice of uh, Zartan, on the last Bravo team. And Zartan, his head, I can't never tell if that's hair or a cow. Oh, when he's on the motorcycle, it almost looked like hair this time. His hair is flying in the breeze, and it just... Thought that was interesting. Well, he's got long hair, hasn't he? Hasn't he got long hair? Well, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be a cow covering his hair. I think it's, a, I think it's a cow. Yeah. It's it's a cow. Usually it's like, it's like a, a hood. Yeah. yeah. He, definitely wears a hood. he definitely wears a hood, but I thought he had long hair, uh, sort of shoulder-length long hair as well. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm far from an expert. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually we just see him with that brown whatever it is on his head. So Yeah. yeah. Great character. Great, great yeah. characters. I love By talking the way, about. have you guys seen that really funny video, which is the song of G.I. Joe, the Battle yep. of G.I. Joe? Yeah, yes. Yep. Oh, yep. that is so yep. good. Yeah, I, I posted I this that. a while back. And yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's, that's a, a great video. Up. That's funny. It really yeah, is. I'll yeah. come across it every once in a while and have to repost it. There's, so. ce- there's some celebrities in that in that yeah. video. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of finest members in there too, but there's a couple of celebrities in that one. I really? forget who they are, but yeah. No, that's a really good. Um, I'm I'm bringing up Zartan as we're speaking. I just want to clarify. I mean, uh, yeah, it's definitely a cow, but I thought he had long hair underneath it. But maybe yeah, we don't really see it. I mean, the only other time we the next look we see for him, he's got like a, I think he's like a shaved head, like a. a mohawk or something i'm not mistaken yeah I, i've got one later here on. where he's got a shaved head as well so maybe yeah that's later on a shaved head yeah okay so but, but yeah like i said but this episode it'll actually look like hair when he was on his motorcycle but well uh, he can change his face can't he and stuff yeah like oh yeah all things yeah yeah, yeah. He can, it's like a shape uh, changer yeah, yeah definitely it was nice seeing Grunt get some action in this because that was my first G.I. Joe action figure. Oh, very nice. And I, before I really got invested into G.I. Joe, I picked him first just because he looked like a, a regular soldier. And uh, I, I just – I always liked Grunt. You know, I, don't, I, I don't think he got the, the due that he should have got, but he, yeah. he was basically a Grunt. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's what the whole franchise is built on originally, wasn't it? Yeah. Like the G.I. Yeah. Joe's, you know, that's yeah. back, to, back to basics. Yeah. yeah. It's it's Yep. He's almost in every cover of G.I. Joe up in the top left corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, my next slide on this is Earth 2 Stiller. Kind of a lucky guy, you know, having the Mariners fall in love with him. Well, okay. Maybe he's not that lucky since he's dead, but before that. <laughs> 
Well, you know who's up for grabs? Her assistant. Oh, Leland, yes. <laughs> like, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I'd be jockeying for that position because, like, there's uh, only so many women in the resistance, it seems. Sweet, so, you know. sweet Layla. Why didn't we get her figure? We get her figure, but why didn't we get her toy figure? You, you could play the Eric Clapton song, like Serenader with that. Like, she hops in the van, you just pump that song on and go, yeah, Layla, let's go. That's what. That's the reaction figure I'm waiting for and I'll probably pick up. Oh. That's, yeah. well, I, I was going to say, uh, when Kevin was talking about the, the Dreadnought police officers, it would be great reaction figures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, very nice. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to see Baroness actually crying because she was so sad that he was going to go through the portal. You know, yes. if you look at her, she was oh, yeah. crying. It was like, oh, I want to see love. I want to see yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here she's a lot softer, a lot more human. Oh, you know yeah. what I thought would have been a great twist. I thought of this. Imagine if well, I thought this might have happened. Still, if imagine if he'd gone back to the original universe. And right. there was like a moment where Baroness in the original universe had some sort of like attraction to him, yes. kind of muted. Like, or if it was in the comics, you did a storyline where Baroness, who's normally, you know, like the Queen Prince of Evil, she, she kind of does a little flip very privately, yeah. like that really yeah. high level double agent, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, or she goes, you look a lot like Paul Walker. Yeah, before, before the crash, before the crash, yeah, yeah before, before, before the charring of the body, you know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was a little too fast, a little too furious. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> oh, love you, Dave. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, and the Cobra Civil War a couple years before it happened in the comics. So I yeah. do like the yeah we got the Cobra Civil War starting here and yeah like you guys said yeah we never do see the end of it don't know how it turns out still uh, going yeah apparently maybe maybe <laughs> you know uh, too. As you guys have talked about Stiller Clutch and Grunt they stay behind uh, this is one way to write out some Joes you know because again they got the new Joes coming out yeah they've got too many Joes they've got to write some of them out so this is a way to write them out and. If they want later on, they can return to it. Dump them in the earth too, just like mass dumpings. <laughs> later on, in the comics Grunt retires, or not retires, but uh, well, he went to college. Yeah, he leaves the army. He went to college. college. He took and... the he took the diploma program that the Joes yeah. offered. How, yeah, how funny! How funny yeah. would have been if Flint said those were some brave men staying over there to. Uh, fight and bring Joe's back to life because we need new toys over here in our world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, out really well for the for the Hasbro product line. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as uh, Sean over on Facebook says that, yeah, he would have stayed behind too if his parents was in love with him. Oh, yeah, too. baby. Yeah, yeah. Either her or Layla, I would have stayed for either one of them. I mean, yeah. Either one, I would have been happy. As someone Layla. on the show just want to say, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I I love this. I I wish they would have done a sequel to it. Um, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah, they they didn't, which I would would have liked to see in a return, or maybe not even the Joe's returning, but us turning our eye to this world and seeing. I, I've yeah, got a how, question. Yes, sir. With the, like with this with this cartoon, from right. my memory as a kid, this was kind of the peak of GI Joe. How long did this peak last? Toys and cartoon, like what was the peak year that you guys consider? Well, Mm. I would say between was, this is what eighty five when this 85. came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah eighty five. I would say between eighty five and eighty seven, eighty eight, maybe. 
Um, yeah, because this yeah. this series, this seasons, there was two seasons, but like in this season, in one season, I think there was like forty something episodes or something. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right because I because I uh, went. I've got them on my drive, and it was right at the end of the season, yeah. toward the end. This this yeah. particular episode. Did you right, guys so ever eight, recreate? Did any of you guys ever re- recreate? either these these cartoon stories or comic book stories with your action figures like I did? Oh, yeah. No, just me? Okay, fine. I definitely yeah. recreated Transformer stories in Star Wars, so if I'd been into G.I. Joe, I certainly would have been doing <laughs> it. You know? No so, doubt. No doubt. So real quick, Kevin, there was 55 episodes, or Dave right. was asking about, there's 55 episodes in the first season. Wow. And this was episode 37. 37, yeah. Man, I wish this they redid this kind of style. Like, I love his animation style. If you clean this up for today, oh yeah, put it out. I still think there'd be a market for the with the kids. Yeah. You know, oh very much so. Yeah, no, that's, that's what yeah. we keep saying over on the especially on the Bravo team. Me and yeah. Chad's always talking about how they, they need to have cartoons and yeah, they even do. this animation. You know, this animation and- looking back forty years later is not bad animation. I agree. Considering no. how long ago it is, I've seen far worse. <laughs> and, and and frankly, if they would just invest, I mean, this is Hasbro that owns it. I mean, yeah. aren't they swimming in money from all their billion franchises? Like, come you would on. think, but yeah, GI Joe gets the short end of the stick. I mean, like we talked about earlier, Transformers—they have always got cartoons, comics, toys. Yeah, Transformers—they definitely promote uh, more heavily than GI yeah. Joe for sure. GI um, Joe, we got one eh, movie, one in my opinion, good movie, and then we have the movie that shall not be named. Look, I will say it. I, I've supported all of the G.I. Joe movies in cinemas. Yes, me too. Um, and I felt the last one was probably the poorest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah. But, like, I don't know. There, there was a lot of problems with that whole thing. At least they were the, trying. The truest G.I. Joe movie, I think, is the, the uh, it, is the second one, Retaliation. Oh, um, Megaforce. Yeah. Or... Ne- or <laughs> 1982's Megaforce. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. A lot of I, I've seen a lot of people give that retaliation hate. I, I don't understand that. I th- retaliation I think, is good. It's, it is. it's yeah. like the, I like retaliation. Retaliation. Yeah. I thought it was the, the closest one, to the comic. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I like it. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it was no. the closest live action GI Joe named. Yeah. movie that we've gotten that's close well, to G.I. Joe. That's, you know, I'm going to throw reference. something to you guys. What if they did? Do you guys watch um, – my girlfriend watches Seal Team with David Barantz? I've seen, I've seen ads for it, but I haven't watched it. Okay. Well, it's not a bad show if you like military stuff. Now, what if they did a G.I. Joe movie in that vein where it's slightly more grounded? Mm-hmm. But – See, I think you could do a TV show, Joe. Joe, like oh, live yeah. action. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah, they they need to do a live action. Yeah. And I know once they were talking about doing a Lady J TV series, but I haven't heard anything about that. Why, why Lady um, J out of all the I, characters? Like because of Adrian Padalecki. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Name? Well, I just think they should do a Joe uh, Joe TV show. Yeah. Like, don't focus in on one because don't focus in. I love Snake Eyes, but don't focus in on a Snake yes. Eyes TV no. show. He's yeah. a member of the TV show, and you could do episodes that were centric to him, but don't yeah. focus in on one because yes. part of the appeal of Joe Joe to me yeah. is it's mm-hmm. you know a whole team, the multicultural aspect of it, you know, which is yes. great. Yeah, yeah. And, and the different yeah. backgrounds that you learn from yeah. reading those. Uh, 
action figure card backs. You know, yeah. when you were reading yeah. the comics or watched the TV series, you had background and you were, that made you more invested in those characters, you know? Yeah, yeah no, they, they didn't need to do a special missions type G.I. Yeah. Joe TV, live action TV series. Yeah, focusing on, we don't need to focus on, you know, 40 members of the team. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it's it's like, look at the TV shows that are popular on network TV. It could easily fit into one of those models, yeah. you know? The problem they would have with it is that someone would like one or two of the actors to show up in an episode. And so the series would all of a sudden just focus on only these two characters. Or they would yeah. be the regulars. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but it seems like they don't want to do like an anthology type show. Yeah, and that's what it should be, you know. And you know, a couple episodes on these these members doing something, and you can have a rotating cast that way. That way, you don't have you know a main character in the show. I mean, you can have like Hawk or Duke or somebody, probably Hawk sitting back at the headquarters, or Duke, you know, signing missions, showing up you know once an episode or something, and then just have you know all new characters, you know, because there are so many characters they can have almost all new characters each each episode or each episode arc or whatever. And that would be fantastic, I would think. I'd love to see it. I mean, hopefully one day it happens. Um, obviously, yes. Hasbro are sort of rebooting the franchise anyway. So, you know, God knows. But, no, like I said, this, this, the, the cartoon is a bit goofier normally. Uh, but for me, as I've said before, usually the two-parters or the multi-parters are usually my favorites of the cartoon. Yeah. Yep. And this one is definitely, you know, no doubt in that. Because, like I say, it does have some of the goofy moments. It does have the Cobra as I think it was Kevin mentioned, you know, these goofy Cobra weapons, but there is a more serious side to it. I mean, you know, we, we show that the skeletons of several dead GI Joe members. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have talked about how, you know, a lot of them are dead or missing and we get a softer side of Baroness still hot. And, uh, but yeah, it, it, like I say, it's a way to write out, as I mentioned, a way to write out some of these GI Joe characters that have been around since the beginning they need to move on to the new characters. They're getting too many. Let's write these characters out. Film on Earth 2. I've got a question. Look, does Python Patrol ever show up in the cartoon? Yes, it does. In, in the in the produced yeah. episodes that we will not speak of. Actually, <laughs> those, uh, eventually down the road. But uh, it doesn't show up in the Sunbow series. It shows up in the Deke. Yeah. Series. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. In fact, the, the first – in fact, uh, when this was on the air – we had these two seasons. We had G.I. Joe the movie. Mm. And then we had, I think it was a three-part uh, of the Deke series. I, at the time, I didn't realize it had changed hands. It was, uh, oh, I forget the name of the series now. But it was uh, the Operation part. Dragonfire. Thank you. Operation Dragonfire. It, yeah, it was a five-part series. Five, okay, yeah. Uh, and that one, that was decent. But yeah. then when they actually went into the... You that thought was, these some of these were silly? Just <laughs> just get into the Deke series and yeah. Yeah. So I say here in my local area that uh Operation Dragonfire was the last one I saw. I didn't see any more after that. I don't know if they got off the air or whatever. For whatever reason I missed it after that. I, you know, I was 19, so I was, you know, getting to college and starting yeah. to my mom's house and stuff. So I that may be another reason why I missed it. Later on, I heard that there was actually an entire, you know, two more seasons yeah. through Deke. Uh, I picked them up on DVD. I haven't watched him yet because I started covering it on the show. I'm like, well, I'm going to get to it eventually on the show. Yeah. I'll wait till I get to it on the show and watch it for a first run when I'm actually covering it on the show. And from what I hear from a lot of people, that may be the best choice. That way I don't have to sit through it twice, but we'll see. Yeah. And, and <laughs> we'll I know see that the, 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 pro- the product line just got more and more kind of like crazy as it would. 
um, yeah, well, as the 80s we, slot into the 90s, like more extreme, I guess, is the word I'm trying yeah. to use. Well, and as we talked about over on the on Bravo team, Chad had mentioned that, you know, G.I. Joe tended to follow the trends. And yeah. by the late 80s, early 90s, you had the turtles and you had all these, you know, mutants and these extremes and all these flashy colors. So G.I. Joe followed suit. And yeah, that's kind of where I got lost and sure. lost way of G.I. Joe. And like in the comics, I, I kind of I still have a lot of them, but I, I kind of faded out in the 120s when it became Snake Eyes featuring G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. like you were commenting earlier, Dave. So, yeah, that that's kind of I didn't really wasn't really reading it as well as I should have been, I guess, or as I had previously, just because, yeah, it was going too extreme and colorful and all this other. Mm. But we'll find out as we get down the road, yeah. a few years down the road, but. But yeah, no, it was an enjoyable cartoon. I enjoyed this episode. Like we've said before, while it's tend to be more goofier, the cartoon is what got a lot of us into G.I. Joe. That's what first got me into G.I. Joe was the cartoon. So no matter how goofy it gets, I've got love for the G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Especially these these two parters or three parters or you know, five part episodes. These are usually the best. Uh, I would spend thirty dollars on a Pyramid of Darkness extended Blu-ray special edition right now. <laughs> Yeah, I would not? do that. Yeah, why not? Give me just give me that pyramid of darkness and the fatal fluffies and the breakdancing ninja. Give it to me now. I'll take it. Come, come on, Hasbro, deliver it to Kevin's house. <laughs> You've got it there. Yeah, no, but yeah, that, that's slide under the door. Fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, and that's all the thoughts I had on this episode. Before we sign off, any final thoughts, uh, Kevin? Anything about the cartoon or the comics that you want to that we haven't talked about that you want to mention? I'm excited to get into this next phase of the GI Joe comics because we've had a really good run, and there's some really good co- uh, covers coming up too with some yeah. interesting storylines. Uh, we're, we're we're not going through the lull yet; that kind of happens a little bit later on, but we we are getting some good stories, and I'm excited about that. And as for the as for the cartoons. I vaguely remember some of these. So I'm, I'm kind of rediscovering these for the first time. And I don't know if I, I told you, I, I, I did. I mentioned last week when we were talking about Worlds Without End Part 1, I just remember it being one of my favorites, but I didn't remember how it ended. And I did not watch this episode until today because I wanted that feeling of anticipation and excited to, to, to you know, watch the second part of it. It was kind of like when you watch the old Batman uh, episodes where, you know, you'd have the two parters, obviously yeah, you have right. to wait till see what happens. And it was, it was fun to actually wait a month or whatever it was to actually watch it. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me on as always. This is fun. It was good to meet you guys too, Jim and Dave. So, Thanks. Yeah. 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 I've talked to Dave before I've been on an episode of his show and I'm going to have some more of my shows and yeah, Jim's been showing up in the chats and on the Facebook. Nice. Mm-hmm. Finally, Nice to pet a name, and I, I love the headquarters there behind your your head. There, it's very. Nice. <laughs> I love your displays there. Very nice, Jim. Yep. Thank you. But, uh, Dave, any other thoughts on this, either the issue or the uh, cartoon that we've talked about today? Uh, no, just overall very positive. I thought it was very strong. I, I read it all last night, and so I read it all. Boom, all together, <laughs> and I'm glad I read forty nine leading in. Yeah. So I, because then I knew what 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 was going on, right. and. The, the cartoon, like the comic, I expect good things from, and I was very happy. The cartoon, I felt, was the best episode I've seen of the cartoon so far. Yes. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. And thank it, you for having me on. It's always been a pleasure, oh. and great, great to see you guys. Um, fantastic. And always glad to <laughs> chat with you, Aaron, of course. Dave, I just, I just want to clarify, too, like, you know, 
we poke a lot of fun at the cartoon, but there's a certain nostalgia that it just brings back. Whether you're running, racing home from school afterwards to watch the new episodes back to back with, you know, either transformers or inspector gadget or whatever it is. Oh yeah. But there's still, you know, there's, we love them, but we still make fun of them. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to pick out certain things and, I still can't get over whatever those rat tripe creatures that what they were going to do those things. And I just, I, what, how do you just throw that in there and not go further with it? Well, it's that would have been the first, sneaky, you know, that would have been the first mission I would have sent Steeler on with Baroness is finding out what the hell they were doing with those rats. Just saying. No. Anyway, no. Hey, I wanted to follow up on that, Kevin. I mean, yeah, I see a lot of people. And I, see, I listened to some podcasts that I didn't listen to very long, but they would hate watch or hate read something. And, you know, they yeah. would, yeah. you know, uh, oh, this, this was terrible. This person was terrible. Every episode's the same thing. Well, don't watch I, it then, you know? Like, you I can't explain so that. Like I say, yeah. we do, as Kevin says, we do, we do poke fun at, or, you know, our British friends say, you know, take the piss out of, you know, these episodes. Because, again, they're, sure. they're very whimsical at times and very can be problematic but overall like i said no matter how bad they are we, we love them and we joke about them out of love yeah. it's not like you know we're watching these oh i gotta watch this stupid yeah, episode of this was horrible this person was horrible I, I i can't understand when people hate watch or hate read something just yeah. to let, 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 i'll be perfectly short. honest with Life's you too short. i'll be exactly yeah. and aaron i'll be perfectly honest before i met you i was trying to find a reason to watch those episodes again <laughs> I freaking bought, bought them, but you know, you just never throw in the DVDs and just right. find time because there's so much to watch. But I love the fact I have a reason now. So thank well, I'm you. Glad yeah. I, I'm glad I could give you a reason to, and I, I enjoy hearing your thoughts and you know, you get bring some good questions. So Jim, any other thoughts or comments on either the episode or the issue we've talked about today? Just there's a comment at the last conversation we're having, you know, when you, people are reviewing the comic or the cartoon, a couple things you have to do, you have to put yourself back in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Where was this in relationship to other TV shows yes. that were cartoons at the time? Let's do that. Secondly. Yeah. You got to look at it today's time. Yeah. It was kind of silly, but again, what was it in the eighties? It was great. It was one of the best cartoon shows around, but were kids. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be yeah. serious. It wasn't yeah, meant exactly. to be, you know, yeah. it was meant to sell toys. Yeah. So yeah. when your people are reviewing it, you got to be able to separate that from yeah. where you're at now. Yeah. Um, Secondly, it's to do with the cartoon. When the guys, the you know, Clutch Steeler and Grunt stayed, you know, Steeler, if you remember from the part one, he was questioning why are we why yes. are we doing what we're doing? Yep. Well, we fight them, they why. fight us, they run yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. He found yes. out why why they do it. And that's yeah. the big push of why he stayed and then his buddies stayed along. So but that was uh that was that. And thanks for having me on. I had fun and get to know oh, the rest of you guys. So it was great. It. Actually, yeah, I've seen you. We've talked in the chat or in the uh, on the Facebook group. So yeah, it's actually nice to pet a name to the face and actually hear you. You know, actually get to talk to you. It was a great pleasure talking to you, Jim. So, Kevin, if people want to hear more about you and your love of everything Highlander and <laughs> Mega well, and everything else, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, well, I'm the co-founder of the Fandom Podcast Network, and we've got a bunch of great shows under the network. As you mentioned, I co-host a, a Highlander podcast. One, it's one of my deep loves is Highlander and the Highlander TV series as well. 
Uh, but we we also have a Star Trek podcast uh, where we talk about Star Trek and the Orville Union Federation. We're all discussing uh, Star Trek Picard right now. We have a Star Wars podcast there as well. Uh, we've got uh, action movie podcast. And as I mentioned, we also have a another movie podcast that we call uh, Couch Potato Theater. where We discuss our favorite movies and uh, we have coming up Empire Records from 1995. Oh, cool. celebrating Rex Manning Day. And if you know, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be coming out soon. I'm also a member of the G.I. Joe Finest Costume Group. I uh, have been since 2015, I think. It's 2016. And I'm the CEO of the uh, the uh, California Coastal Defense uh, uh, Garrison there. So we're, we're, we got that going on. And I'll be actually, I'll be at um, WonderCon next weekend. Uh, it was at uh, April 24th through the 27th in Anaheim, and we're going to be having a G.I. Joe slash Hasbro photo shoot there for anyone that has costumes and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, uh, uh, have a, I'm not sure exactly which costume I'm going to wear yet, but I um, might bring one I haven't done in a while if I can repair it in time. So, Cobra yeah. Commander. What about Cobra Commander? Oh, I, I do. Cobra Commander Incognito. I, I love that. I do have an Incognito Cobra Commander uh, that's cool. tempting to do. But, uh, yeah, there's another one I haven't worn in a while that I want to kind of awesome. bring out. We'll, we'll see. So, yeah. But, uh, anyway, check out the Fandom Podcast Network. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And you can find me on Facebook. Very nice. And, Dave, uh, what do you do out there that you like to – Talk about. Well, uh, you can always find us on Signal of Doom. We have a comic book and pop culture podcast there. That's been we, we've just got over three hundred shows. We, we're weekly, so you can find us on Facebook, Signal of Doom, Twitter, Signal of Doom. If you want to follow me individually on Twitter, please feel free at Red Lantern two zero five one. We've got two spin off podcasts um, that I do with a friend who's actually based in the states, Adam. Uh, we do Legion Outpost, which is a Legion of Superheroes um, podcast, and Dread or Dead, which is my passion, Judge Dread, and um, we do that as well. So, yeah, we have a lot of fun. So, yeah, check us out, and awesome to be here, guys, chatting. And, Jim, do you do anything that you artistically you want to talk about or um, a fan? Not, or? not artistically currently. Um, I've You know, see me on Facebook at uh, Jim Meal currently, and then uh, – I don't have any podcasts, but I've guessed it on a few recently. So uh, take a look at those uh, with the uh, G.I. Joe Chronicles on the Longback Crusade. And then I just did a show recently with uh, Joe on Joe. So look those up. And But uh, yeah, that, that's it. I'm pretty simple you're, right you're, now. So there you go. You're a Joe specialist, man. Nah, no, I wouldn't say specialist. <laughs> I just have a passion. <laughs> Not much but, difference. But, so. <laughs> So I'm sure there's a lot of others with a lot more knowledge, but so I love it. And, and honestly, yes, knowledge helps. But to me, especially when you have the passion, that's where it's, that's what I love is you know, when people have their passion for GI Joe. And when I say you guys are both welcome on anytime you guys want to show up, let me know. I, you guys are always welcome on the show. I enjoy chatting with you guys. You guys are very good. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, you can catch me here on the Headcast network. I've got a billion shows uh, I've got my GI Joe show, which as I've talked about started off as a monthly show. Now it's weekly. Uh, one week we talk about the comics cartoon, like we're doing right now. Uh, another week we talk about the Bon Bravo team, anything else GI Joe related. Like I said, I just released episode 20, which was my interview with Zach Hoffman, AKA Zartan. Uh, that was great times. 
Cool. And then in between weeks, I have GI Joe: The Adventure Continues, where we play. Me and three other guys play the uh, actually four other guys, you know, the game master. Can't forget about Eric. Uh, we play the GI Joe role playing game, and I, I broadcast those as shows. We're having a fun time. Oh, on you that. broadcast the actual PlayStation Live, do you? The the role playing game. We yeah. record them, and yeah, I I edit it down, and then I yeah oh, I broadcast cool. it as cool. uh, in between yeah. shows. Yeah. So okay. And then I got my other shows, Head Speaks, where I talk about anything geeky, Task Force X, where I talk about Suicide Squad. I was talking about Checkmate, but that's that's ended finally. So I'm just talking Suicide Squad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Starman Adventure Hour, where I talk about the Will Payton Starman. Again, that I started out with talking about Will Payton and the uh, Mark Shaw Manhunter, but that series ended. And then the wife and I uh, talk about on Starbright Project, we talk about Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was I've watched the original Quantum Leap a million times. This was her first time through, so she was watching it her thoughts. But now with the new season, as we're calling yeah. it, season six, uh, we've kind of shifted gears. And me, her, and our friend, another friend from Australia, Hayden McQueenie, uh, we're all watching it for the first time through now on the new season. So mm-hmm. loving it. I know there's a lot of people out there hating on it, but I, I'm loving the new series. Uh, it's quite as good as the original, but it, it's up there. It's fun. Then, Has it been yeah. renewed for season two? Do we know? Yes. Yep. Excellent. Oh, that's yeah, it started off like at nine or ten episodes, but they extended it to a full eighteen episodes, nice. and then they renewed it for a season two. So, did, did they? Was that the one that changed networks, or am I thinking Magnum PI? You're thinking Magnum PI. Magnum okay. PI, yeah. Yeah, it just came uh, back on NBC. I think Quantum okay. Leap is fun. Like the the new. Oh, show. I'm enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I got some qualms about it, but that's just because that's who I am. But overall, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's not perfect, but what show is right. perfect out of the gate? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then we also do Voyager's cast, looking at the 1982 TV show Voyagers, mm-hmm. uh, not Star Trek Voyagers, but <laughs> another time travel show. Uh, we're coming up near the end of that show. I, we recorded episode 17. It was like 20, ep- 20 episodes. So we're coming up near the end of that show. So I heard that mentioned on a podcast I listened to. That's like a D&D role-playing podcast, uh, okay. Safe by Half. And um, they meant they were chatting about TV shows, and they mentioned that I've never heard that show mentioned by anyone except you. So someone else out there has also seen it. It's there you not go. Just uh, yeah, it's not just one of those things that only you've fans seen. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> There's two fans out there. No, and they, yeah. they were big. They were big fans of it too. Oh yeah, no, it's a great show. It's it only lasted one season. Uh, they canceled it because I think it was NBC. They wanted to put a, a new show on to compete with 60 Minutes. Right. And that news shows only lasted like one season and it bombed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the main character from Voyagers, uh, John Eric Hexum, he started some other TV show the next season and there was an accident on the set and he died, unfortunately. Oh, Jesus. So, wow. So yeah, unfortunately. Yep. It's rock and roll, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great. <laughs> I, I get a lot of problems, a lot of qualms with it. But overall, yeah, it's a great, it's a fun show. Yeah, uh, cool. Going to, you know, again, I watched it when I was first. You know, when it first aired, when I was 12 years old. So, mm. uh, you know, time travel, it was, you know, right up my, up my alley. So, fantastic show. But I guess I've talked about my crap for the one day. Uh, check it over on Headcast Network. I have Facebook.com slash Headcast Network. And then also for this show is Facebook.com slash G.I. Joe. And over on YouTube, uh, if you're not checking that out, I have YouTube.com slash at G dot i dot joe underscore headcast and again we, we usually stream these episodes and occasionally the bravo teams all stream on there so definitely uh check it out 
Uh, until next month, when we talk about issue 51 and then the next episode of the cartoon, which we're going to look up. But that's going to do it for this time. Remember, knowing is half the battle. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. Joe! What's this stuff? Sunscreen. It blocks the sun's harmful rays. Want some? Nope. I'm going to stay out all day and get a great tan. Look at your back. It's as red as a lobster. I don't feel so good. Hey, Stella, your friend's been out in the sun without protection. Leatherneck! Next time, use the sunscreen. Wear a hat and a shirt and look for some shade when it's really sunny. A bad sunburn could make you sick and even put you in the hospital. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Deliver this! The swamp fire get it there fast! Swamp fire changes color in bright sunlight! It's a trap! The drones attack and form fire things. Look out for the hooks! It captured Zadok and Zorana! G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is available monthly on iTunes, Stitcher, and at headspeaks.com. All characters and stories are owned and trademarked by their respective owners. We claim no ownership other than our opinions. All audio and images are used for entertainment purposes and falls under fair use. We make no money from this headcast. For more of the monthly G.I. Joe, check out the IDW series. For the stories we're covering, look for the comics and trade paperbacks. Let us know what you think. Send us an email letting us know your thoughts. Joe's dismissed.